Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio, 6thandsports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Karen Harrison. Excited to be here. Rob Brenton is here as well, taking you up until 6 o'clock. No K-State basketball is going to preempt today's show. We have a lot to get into over the course of the next four hours. Coming up in 30 minutes. New Chiefs punter, Matt Ariza, his lawyer is going to be on the show. You guys remember he got in some legal issues off the field. We're going to talk to his lawyer about that coming up in about 30 minutes or so. The lawyer for Matt Ariza is going to be on the show. We also are going to be joined by the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, Brett Veach. He and I got an opportunity to sit down and talk about the top storylines surrounding the Kansas City Chiefs heading into the offseason. We will play that for you coming up at 3 o'clock. Brett Veach, general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, will be on the show coming up in about an hour or so. We have a lot to get into, including Brett Veach didn't just talk to me. He talked to the rest of the media today at his press conference in Indianapolis. We'll get to that in a bit after. Pizza time on the drive. Carrington, dial me up right now. 913-586-7610. Caller number six wins a pizza from our friends over at Pizza Tasio. Pizza Tasio is Kansas City's best New York style pizza, and they've taken over the town. They lovingly use 100% whole milk mozzarella, all organic tomato sauce with locally grown fresh ingredients, all made by KC guys who both know and love pizza. So whether you're in the mood for a whole pie or maybe just you're hungry for a couple slices, be sure to visit them now at pizzatacio.com. That's pizza, T-A-S-C-I-O.com. I'd like for you guys to do me a couple of favors. Number one, I need you listening to the drive each day at 2 o'clock. And you know what? I need you to tell one friend. You don't got to tell two friends. But if you want some of the best pizza in Kansas City, if you also want some of the best sports talk in the city as well, you know what? There's only one place to get it from, and that is right here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. 
So over the course of, I would say, the last seven, eight days or so, I've told you guys what I would do if I'm Brett Veach. So I'm excited that I got the opportunity to talk to Brett Veach, to talk to him about these same scenarios. If I was the general manager of the Chiefs, I would franchise tag Legereus Sneed. One option is a $33 million franchise tag for Chris Jones. The other option is an $18 million franchise tag for Legereus Sneed. One franchise tag locks a player in to be the third highest paid non-quarterback in the National Football League. That's not what the other franchise tag represents. I know that we have thrown out the possibility of a tag and trade, but I have just never seen that to be incredibly viable when you were talking about the amount of cap space that Chris Jones is going to command and going to lock up. I will say this after hearing what Brett Veach had to say earlier today and talking to him for myself, I feel even more strongly in my take that the chiefs here coming up in the next five to seven days, I think we get an announcement that they are not franchise tagging Chris Jones and that they are going to allow him to hit the open market and allow him to hit free agency. And I expect sometime between now and next Tuesday of when this has to be done, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to franchise tag Legereus Need. Here is what Brett Veach had to say earlier today at the NFL Combine. Yeah, certainly. Um, that's always um, a stress. You'd like to be able to tag all the guys and pay all the guys. And it's tough because the more you win, I mean, the more you got to pay players and Obviously, when you have this amount of success, you're, you're paying a lot of players a, a lot of money, and uh, then it's equally as tough because you're drafting late. So there's challenges. Um, we'll go through them, and we'll always put our best foot forward. Certainly want to do what we can to try to keep both those players, and that's going to be our goal in the tent. Uh, hopefully, we're able to figure something out, um, but every free agency is different, unique, and crazy. And so, But our, you know, it, we do have one tag, and... I anticipate probably using it uh, to help us, but I think our goal is to try to get both those players done and then work down the rest of our roster. That is Brett Veach, general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, earlier today when discussing Chris Jones, the franchise tag, and Legereus Sneed. So, Rob, you and I, I think, have been on slightly different pages when it comes to this. I mean, there are three options here. It is franchise tag the defensive lineman, franchise tag the corner, or not utilize the franchise tag at all. Now, I didn't get the tone that they don't plan on using the franchise tag at all. I think that you have too many, you have two very incredible assets. I don't think that you can allow both of them to be able to hit the market freely and lose both of them to free agency where the only thing that you get in return is a compensatory pick. But just one of the two players is going to be far easier to control and much easier to negotiate with long-term if that's what you want to do. Having Legereus Need play one season under the franchise tag, a year in which the salary cap is going to jump the way that it is, your roster can absorb the one-time Legereus Need tax, so to speak. But I don't know if your roster can hold Chris Jones, how much money he is going to be commanding, and the flexibility that you are going to need to go out and make the necessary re-signings. You want to bring back a guy like Drew Tranquil. Maybe you're interested in keeping a guy like Willie Gay Jr. There are obviously moves in free agents that need to be 
addressed and need to be figured out. But I came away hearing what Brett Veach had to say, and we'll play more of what he had to say, and we'll also catch up with them ourselves coming up in an hour or so. I feel even more strongly in my belief that the Chiefs are going to franchise tag Legereus Need by next Tuesday, and I think that Chris Jones has played his last game with the Chiefs. I just think he says he's going to use the tag, and I understand everything you're saying, but I think what's going to happen is in the next week you're going to see Chris Jones get tagged strictly to protect him as an asset once free agency begins and use the next three to four months, which is the tag window, to get a long-term deal done, which will create cap flexibility in the immediacy and in the long-term because you can funny money things up once long-term deals get done. I think they are going to tag Chris Jones with the intent of signing an extension with Chris Jones, and they are going to say, Legereus, thank you for your service in Kansas City. Goodbye, because they have made players like Legereus need a lot of money. They just have never made players like Legereus need a lot of money here. Unheralded fourth-round pick, you know, scrap heap free agent, undrafted free agent. The Chiefs have taken those guys and they have made them good players in Kansas City, and they have turned around, pat them on the back, and say, we loved your time here. Go get paid somewhere else. See Charvarius Ward. There was a time in Kansas City where people arguing about, hey, depending on how team-friendly it is, what do you do with Rashad Fenton? The Chiefs traded him for basically nothing. It has always been walk-on corner, pay for premium assets. Chris Jones is one of the, what, top five pass rushers in the NFL? I think they're going to pay for that premium asset, and they're going to let the player like Legereus Sneed walk thinking that they can find that player again because they've found that player over and over and over again. I want to play for you what Brett Veach had to say earlier today at the Combine. Here he is discussing meeting with agents and trying to get a deal done with both of their top free agents, Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed. I mean, we're going to, just like last year, um, with Chris and with LJ, with a lot of our players, we get a chance to meet the agents this week, and um, he's at the top of the list, you know, love Chris and tried really hard to get something done and we didn't. Um, but when we got together right after that Detroit game, we had a great talk and, um, you know, both parties, I think want to be here. So we'll get to work. And, you know, that's certainly a guy we want back and love and want to see him finish and end his career here in Kansas city. That was Brett Veach as he met with the media earlier today to talk about, the possibility of a franchise tag with Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed. So for those of you that didn't hear the numbers, the numbers came out a couple of days ago. Let me pull it up for you here very quickly to let you know what the franchise tag numbers look like. Now, it's a little bit different for Chris Jones. So Chris Jones, let's say that he hadn't been franchise tagged before. The franchise tag would be around $22 million, but this is... He's been franchise tagged now multiple times, so you're going to have to put a little bit of a tax on that. So that's why his number is significantly higher than the $22 million. And the number for Legereus Need is $19.8 million on the franchise tag. My stance this entire time has been we all appreciate Chris Jones. Chris Jones is one of the better defensive linemen in the National Football League. But the opportunity and the time to reach a long-term agreement with Chris Jones, that time passed. Last summer, that was your chance to get a deal done. That was your best window, your most significant window to try to get a deal done. If I am Chris Jones, 
I don't know if I'm interested in taking a team deal when either you can franchise tag me and give me $33 million guarantee or you're going to allow me to be the top free agent in maybe the best offseason there has ever been to be a free agent. I just don't know what incentive there is for you to take less on the dollar than what you are worth where I don't know if you have maybe the control over him as a commodity the way that you do over Legereus Need. At $19 million, I think you franchise tag Legereus Need. It gives you a very good baseline on what you want to do to reach a long-term agreement. And I suspect that sometime between now and when the deadline to reach that agreement is at some point over the summer, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs sign Legereus Need long-term, and they continue to try to build the best young secondary in the National Football League. You got Trent McDuffie, who was an all-pro Snead, who was much better than I think the accolades represented this year. This was a really, really good secondary, a young secondary that I think the Chiefs are going to want to keep intact, and I think they're going to pay Legereus Need this offseason. We'll talk to the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs about that more coming up in just a bit. We can take your text on this, 913-586-7610, before we're joined by the lawyer for Matt Ariza. I feel even more strongly in my belief that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to franchise tag Legereus Need, and I believe that Chris Jones has played his final game in Kansas City. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington wherever you are. Our guy Matt Verderam of Sports Illustrated tweeted this out. Multiple sources tell me that the Chiefs are trending toward using the franchise tag on corner luxurious need. I'm told while nothing is 100% at this stage, the likelihood of Sneed being tagged is around 75 or 80%. That's from my guy Matt Verderam, who is very plugged in with the Kansas City Chiefs organization. We're going to have Brett Veach join the show coming up in about 45 minutes. We're also going to be joined by the lawyer for Matt Ariza, the Chiefs' newest punter. Here's what Brett Veach had to say if you missed it on using the tag and the organization's desire to get a deal done with Jones and Snead. Yeah, certainly. Um, That's always um, a stress. You'd like to be able to tag all the guys and pay all the guys. and It's tough because the more you win, I mean, the more you got to pay players and Obviously, when you have this amount of success, you're, you're paying a lot of players a, a lot of money, and uh, then it's equally as tough because you're drafting late. So there's challenges. Um, we'll go through them, and we'll always put our best foot forward. Certainly want to do what we can to try to keep both those players, and that's going to be our goal and intent. Uh, hopefully, we're able to figure something out, um, but every free agency is different, unique, and crazy. And so, But our, you know, it, we do have one tag, and... I anticipate probably using it uh, to help us, but I think our goal is to try to get both those players done and then work down the rest of our roster. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be likely that you are going to be able to get a long-term extension done with both players here coming up in the next week before you have to make a decision on what you want to do with the franchise tag. I do expect the Chiefs to use it. I do think they're going to use it on luxurious need. I do push back on this notion, Rob, and it's something that you and I are just on different side, like our top text right now. CDOT, we have empirical evidence that shows that Brett Veach doesn't pay for corners and Chris Jones is an all-time chief. He'll be back. I push back on this Veach doesn't pay corners when they have had two corners since he has taken over that we have even had a conversation about would you want to pay. 
And I would say that two is probably too much. I didn't hear a whole lot of people when Kendall Fuller was a free agent pushing to bring Kendall Fuller back or when Charvarius Ward was here. Charvarius Ward was a fine player, but this cornerback that they have as luxurious need, this is the best cornerback that they have had come up in the Brett Veach era that has now hit free agency and has now hit this point. So I would say that we are using this evidence and information when there's really only been two examples in eight or six off seasons on whether or not you want to keep a player of his caliber before. And this is by far and away the best. Now, if we get through these next two off seasons and they don't do this with Snead and they do bring Jones back and they let Snead walk, or they do the same thing with Trent McDuffie, who could be a 23 year old. He might be in the argument of being the best corner in the national football league. I would say, I don't know if we can really use that data and information to say that he doesn't really pay for corners. Someone says, but he also doesn't go searching for corners that will need to be paid in free agency either. Well, now I feel like we're arguing both sides because over the last couple of years when I was like, hey, go get so-and-so, it was, oh, well, we've got this figured out. We've got the young guys. You remember when I wanted James Bradbury and Bradbury did not get a significant amount of money. The sentiment was we don't need to do that. This is the first time that you have a corner in Legereus Need that is better than a majority of the corners that you could have potentially gone out after in free agency and is the best player that you have had on your team that is now hit. This is a different situation than bringing in James Bradbury, who had just been cut. This is different than bringing in Joe Hayden, who had just got released. This is a corner in the prime of his career that knows your system, knows your scheme, and is really everything that we think that Steve Spagnuolo's defense is about. It's about creating pressure. Two years ago, he was the best blitzing corner in the National Football League. It's about versatility. It's about being interchangeable, the ability to play safety, the ability to play inside corner, nickel corner, the ability to play on the outside. Sneed is everything that Steve Spagnuolo wants in a defensive player. I think it's a different conversation with him than we've had for most of the players that we've been in this place with. Yeah, but doesn't Chris Jones check all those same boxes of a player that Steve Spagnuolo wants on a defense? Like, he's versatile, plays inside-outside. Remember, he famously, not in this year's AFC title game, but last year's, identified the Bengals' right tackle was weak, flipped out to that position, rammed him over, and it led to the turnover that the Chiefs then took over on the ball. He is all about pressure. He's one of the best interior passers in the NFL one of the best pass rushers, period, in the NFL. Like, I get your point. Sneed is different animal than the Chiefs have ever experienced at cornerback in the Brett Vigera. Although Traverius Ford was a first-team All-Pro this year, and that's a player they walked on. This Sneed's just different. But every time pass rusher, or really, if we're being honest, either side of the line has been a thing the Chiefs have to address, Brett Veach has been super aggressive in addressing that issue. Remember the first year he had to rebuild the defense on the fly. Here we go. Totally rebuild the marquee move trading for Frank Clark. That was, we have to rebuild the pass rush. They traded for Emmanuel Ogba. The pass rush is our top priority. The ensuing year, they brought everyone back because it was, Hey, it's pass rush time during that first Super Bowl year. Terrell Suggs pass rush. Then they had the horrible Super Bowl against the bucks. It was O and D line. We're rebuilding the O and D line. He has historically been an offensive and defensive line where you win in the trenches guy and we'll figure it out elsewhere. I don't think that just stops one offseason because they have a really good corner in the prime of his career. I think they realize we have a really good corner and a really good pass rusher. We value pass rush more because we always value the trenches more. 
Text line 913-586-7610. CDOT, if Veach wanted to pay Snead, why did he wait until now when he's the oldest and most expensive corner? They've also drafted several corners over the last couple of years, including trading up for McDuffie in the first round. I would counter with, we've never really seen them pay anybody early other than Patrick Mahomes. Who's the player that Brett Veach, early on in their contract, they have negotiated with and signed to a long-term deal? They haven't done that with anybody other than Mahomes. So, I mean, if we're going to say that conversation, we're going to have that same conversation here coming up next next season about Creed Humphrey. We're going to have that same conversation about Trey Smith. We're going to have that same conversation about Nick Bolton, who is now due up for a deal. They've just never really negotiated early with players. They've usually gotten everything they could out of the rookie deal. And then at the end of it is when they've negotiated. This is the first time we've started to really have any of those issues where there was a player whose rookie contract was up that you now wanted to keep long term. Think about those early draft classes. We weren't having this conversation about paying McCole Hardman early or some of their other players. They just haven't had many of those guys that have come up. So some of the debates that we are now having, we have just not been in that position with the Brett Veach era because now his draft picks and the guys that you have used to now get to this point, this is the first time that they've been eligible to now go get paid. Didn't he try to re-sign Orlando Brown, though? If not at his draft pick... But he definitely tried to lock up Orlando Brown long-term. Which and he is, failed. He failed. <laughs> and he failed. He absolutely failed. That happened. It didn't get done. It didn't get done twice. But you mentioned, hey, historically, when his guys have come up, he hasn't paid any of them. He's walked on all of them. He actively tried to lock up Orlando Brown Jr. Also, I know it was his second. You're right. And really quickly, though, but they did franchise tag him one time. They didn't let him outright walk in free agency. That's they true. then franchise tagged him the first time. They then tried to negotiate. So I'm assuming they tried to negotiate with him before his deal was up. He was unwilling to do that. They then franchise tagged him. It bought you a second window to try to negotiate with Orlando Brown Jr. He then said no again. You were not going to franchise tag him the second time. Like they exhausted all of the rookie contract and rookie control that you have over Orlando Brown before they did that. They have not done that yet with Legereus Need. They are now about to do that with Legereus Need. And I know that you and I are a little bit different when it comes to value of contracts, etc. But if I had told you now with what we know about Legereus Need, like we have now seen him play. That he signed coming out of college. He signed a four-year, $3.9 million deal. It is now going to be, if you franchise tag him, it is going to be a five-year, $20 million deal for Legereus Sneed. Not a single person listening looks at that as a bad contract. Five years, $20 million with what they've gotten? Now, you gave him a lot on the back end of the deal, but even over the life of the contract, you have come out incredibly well when it comes to Legereus Need that I would not consider now franchise tagging him for a season to be overpaying. Now, if you do it two times and he plays under the tag next year, all right, you're starting to change the conversation. But right now, if you franchise tag Snead, and let's say you do not negotiate with them, kind of like what happened with Orlando Brown. Hey, this is how much we are willing to pay you. If you're telling me you got five years of service with Snead for $20 million was about what it would be, you came out all right. I guess in the sense of a five-year $20 million deal, you're right. But 
Ken, that's not how these things work. That's you always looking at the next deal. You want players on a second contract and you want to maximize their value on every contract they're on. Legereus Sneed has gone above and beyond his contract value, as you just pointed out. But now, because he's a fourth round pick, he's going to want more than market value, as I'm guessing what his, you know, agent said. I doubt his presentation are like, hey, we'll keep doing team friendly deals. So you have to make tough decisions. It seems like the Chiefs are equipped to handle the tough decision with Legereus Need because they built in protection for this moment. They don't have any built in on the field protection for Chris Jones. They have if Chris Jones walks, they got nothing. They got not a thing. I think you kind of have to stay with Jones and let Snead walk. Text line 913-586-7610. We're talking about the top story. We're going to be joined by Brett Veach coming up in about 30 minutes or so. Brett Veach was at the Combine earlier today and talking about the top story of what their plan is with the franchise tag. So for those of you that don't know, the Chiefs have a week. They have one more week to make a decision on who they want to franchise tag between Legereus Sneed and Chris Jones. One of them is likely to get the franchise tag, and the other one is going to hit free agency. Here's what Veach said about meeting with agents. I mean, we're going to, just like last year, um, with Chris and with LJ, with a lot of our players, we get a chance to meet the agents this week. And um, he's at the top of the list. You know, love Chris and tried really hard to get something done, and we didn't. Um, but when we got together right after that Detroit game, we had a great talk and, um, you know, from Matt Ariza joining us on the show today. We'll react to what we just heard together coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's Isaiah Pacheco. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I don't want to spend too much time talking about this, but I do think it is an important conversation. I, Rob, I remember when I maybe fully understood the Me Too movement. Like, I remember the exact, like, date and time that it happened to me. And you remember when it was a really big thing on social media. And I remember seeing a lot of women that I knew post their stories onto the Facebook feed and just you have no clue. Like these are not conversations that you have with your female friends at times or family members or people that you went to class with. These things don't come up. And a lot of the conversation was around. These are things that we say, but people just don't believe us that these happen. I remember thinking, oh, so kind of like racism. Like, you will say, oh, this thing happened. Like, no, it didn't happen. Like, yeah, I'm telling you, this happened. And it clicked for me in a way like, oh, this is real. This is serious. And my thought press, my thought process on, process on, excuse me, started to change. And I think around that same time, America's did as well. I'm not here to lecture you about the times that we live in. But we all are aware of 2024 and how things sort of operate. I cannot imagine being a 21-year-old individual who you have finally achieved your dream. You have made it. You were drafted by an NFL team. You 
were given the opportunity to go to camp compete. You then outright won the job. And as you are entering the National Football League, you then get an allegation that you are a part of a gang rape in 2022. That happened. You, Matt Ariza, know you did not participate in this. You were not even physically there once the act happened. And then the 16-month time frame of you trying to clear your name. And I do think it's important to have this story is I will feel very differently in this if he was ever charged. I'd feel differently if he had reached a settlement in this. But the fact that Matt was pretty strong in the I will not settle. I did not do anything wrong. I am not paying for this. I did not do it. I am here to completely clear and exonerate my name. So we're talking about somebody who was never charged. We're talking about somebody who did not reach a settlement and was cleared of all wrongdoing. I don't know how to treat that person at 23 years old the way that he is other than allow you to, quote, re-enter society in this way and continue to push and pursue your dream. I think you're allowed to do that. But I do think it is unfair as a society that we preach so much about second chances and then innocent until proven guilty. And then in these situations, we then bring up, it just, he didn't do it. Like, if you got the evidence that he did it, then present it. Because the videotapes say that he didn't do it. His cell phone location said that he didn't do it. I believe that Matt Ariza is innocent. I believe it. And the Chiefs feel that way. The league feels that way. And the legal system feels that way. So I don't know if it's fair to hold his past against him. And I think it's unfair to not allow that young person the opportunity to go out there and continue to pursue their dream. So that's why I think it's important to at least get his lawyer side of the story. That's one side of the story. And maybe we'll get to hear more about Matt Ariza's side of the story. But again, never charged, didn't pay a settlement. They had video evidence of the act, and he is not in any of the multiple cell phone videos. And his cell phone did not ping where the location was at the time they said he was. I don't think he did it. I don't think he was there. I think that person is innocent, and I think that person should be allowed to continue to move on with their life. It also sounds like from the interview that there's a greater-than-not chance that Matt and his lawyer will be countersuing the lawyer of the alleged because it seems like they maintain that right because they feel like they were wrongfully accused, and that's noteworthy. I think in modern society, we are a big, I want it now. We want self-gratification. We want the answer to complex questions in seconds. It's the whole point of social media. You slide down, you get new information coming fast and furious. We want everything with an immediacy. And legal battles are inherently the opposite, both in the police sphere and in the sphere of the courtroom. They are inherently slow because it takes time to dig, find the truth, and then move on from there. And I think, and I'm probably to an extent part of the problem because of my activity on social media, when we first see a news story, we jump to a conclusion and we move on. It's over. I saw that news story. Here's what I believe happened. On to the next. Because I remember I saw the Matt Ariza story when he was cut by the Bills and felt like, ugh, he's never playing the league again. 
tough break for punt God. See you later. But a slow, arduous, but correct legal process played out and has shown that he is innocent because his cell phone wasn't there. Video shows he wasn't there. The witnesses say that he wasn't there. And then the criminal charges were never filed and the lawsuit was dropped and he is likely going to countersue. It seems like by every account, he is at least exonerated of any wrongdoing in this moment. And I think and I understand people who Google his name are going to be like, oh, yuck. But a slow process showed that he was actually in the right. And I'm happy with his lawyer on and his lawyer said via what his agent told the lawyer, don't settle. We want to be totally cleared of any wrongdoing. And that's how it played out with Matt Ariza. And I do think at least in this scenario, like I think there's a couple of different things at play. I think one of the things at play is, and we're going to hear from Brett Veach coming up in a little bit, is like one of the things at play is the position that he played and where he was drafted. Where let's say that this was a more prominent player, I don't want to throw anybody's name out there, but let's say it was a more prominent player. That player probably goes on the commissioner's exempt list where your sixth round punter, you are not going through all of those things. You are just outright releasing that individual. But again, not to stand on a soapbox, but like, isn't this the justice system that people believe in? Someone was accused of something. They went through the legal process. We then found evidence to believe that what the accuser was saying was not accurate and now the person who was the accused of Matt Ariza, he is now cleared of wrongdoing, and now he gets the opportunity to resume his life. Like, isn't that the purpose of an investigation? Isn't that the process of a legal investigation? So I think it's wrong of me or anybody to hold those things against Matt Ariza. You went through the process at every single turn. You came out on the other side. And again, I, I, I truly believe that you then get the opportunity to move on and see where the rest of life takes you. Now, I hope you understand if you're Matt Ariza that because of this, people are going to look at you a little bit differently if you get in trouble again. That's at least where I am. Bro, you dodged a major bullet. You don't get two, three, four, five chances. Maybe you should in an ideal world, but that is not the world that we live in. If Matt Ariza has another incident in Kansas City, bro, you out the league. You got a second lease on life. You got your life back. There is no third chance. Maybe you shouldn't be on your second chance, but circumstances have led you now to chance number two. You don't get chance number three. So if you were Matt Ariza, you know what I... Well, my advice to you would be, I'm walking a straight and narrow. You don't need to get a DUI. You don't need to get a parking ticket, my boy. You need to be following the law to the utmost. You need to have your hands at 10 and 2. You need to be yes, sir, no, sir. You need to do everything that you possibly can correctly while you're in the National Football League. You got a, most people don't even get a first chance. You got a second chance on life. I would not blow it if I am you. And let's see where this kid's story lands. I hope it works out for him. I feel for him on just a very, very human level. I hope that it works. I hope that he has success. I hope that the ending of his story is a successful one because the early chapters of it sounds like it was an absolute disaster. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Brett Veach, general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. We got a chance to catch up with him after his press conference at the Combine. We'll go through the top stories regarding the Chiefs this offseason. Come right back. It's The Drive. 
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back into The Drive on 6 Sports Radio, 6 and the Odyssey app. My name is Karen Harris. Excited to be here. Earlier today, I got the opportunity to sit down and talk to Brett Veach, general manager for your Kansas City Chiefs. And our conversation started with, have you had any downtime over the last 10 days? No, I haven't. And I actually um, joke with Coach um, every year. Now, listen, these are great problems to have. But as soon as the season's over, this coaches head off to the beaches and, and the warm weather. And um, I'm back in the draft room with my with my staff and trying to get caught up to speed. So there's always a little bit of a catch-up game uh, to play when you have an extended postseason run. So, I mean, look, these are great problems to have, but I still haven't caught my breath yet. What's your balance of day if you need to prepare for the upcoming NFL draft? So you're talking to your scouts and you yourself are help scouting players. And how much of your day is you have some big-time free agents that you obviously would like to keep? How do you kind of break down your day and divvy up your responsibilities? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's typically, you know, the schedule that we've worked out over the last few years is uh, agent meeting, player meetings in the morning. Um, then we have a chance to – get something to eat and talk about those meetings and then transition into the nighttime, which is, you know, more of the player interviews and, and the player and the, excuse me, the college player interviews and the college player dialogue. So typically, um, you know, the mornings are reserved for the, the agent meetings and, you know, trying to put a plan in place for the guys on your roster and um, just keeping your ear in tune with what might be out there to uh, discussing, debriefing that information and then transitioning into the college at night. Right now, we're talking to Brett Veach, the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, going through some of the top storylines this offseason with the team. Let's just maybe start with Chris Jones. He is the biggest free agent that you have. I think he is a guy who stamped his way to Canton by being a part of three Super Bowl teams. What was the biggest challenge in his negotiation last year? Well, I, listen, I, I think it's every year when you get into these, these are never easy, and there's you know these are great players, and you know they – deserve a lot of money and it's just a matter of um you know where we are both in the short and long term and, and making it fit and you know we ran into some hurdles last year and you know as everyone knows i mean chris didn't play that opening game but i give him credit and his uh the cat brothers credit because you know right after that game we had a really good talk and he came into the building and you know we had a heart to heart for about 30 45 minutes and kind of laid it all out on the table and you know we talked about how 
this would go this season and what the steps would look like um, moving forward. And, you know, we left it as we're going to get out in front of this and, you know, we're going to pick up where we left off and just basically hit the pause button um, as in where we left it last year before, um, you know, or right after that Detroit game. So here we are now, we're, we're back in Indy and we've had some great initial dialogues over the phone and now we're going to hit the play button uh, again starting tomorrow. I believe we meet with uh, the Cat Brothers either tomorrow or Wednesday. So um, we'll just continue where we left off and see if there's another window or avenue that, you know, we could um, we could cross to get this thing done because, you know, we'd certainly love, you know, to bring Chris back and, and you know, that's what our intentions are. That's an interesting phrase because I was going to ask you that. How close were you guys to getting a deal done where it is easy to simply resume where you were, but also understanding that, I mean, we are days, weeks away from he's not only negotiating with you guys as an organization, he's also negotiating with the other 31 teams in the league. So, again, with these things, you always have to be cautiously optimistic. Um, I think you go into every offseason with a plan, and, and then really your offseason are just – a series of contingency plans stacked on top of one another because uh, there's a lot of high-profile players. It's a lot of money, and some teams, depending on their cap situation or you know what their different cash budgets look like, are equipped to do things that potentially you know we can't do. And so that uh, it's one of those great unknowns when you enter into every free agency. And so I don't ever get overconfident in this process because you, you know how it, it is so dynamic, so fluid. So um, you know, listen, I, we have. The thing that we have going for us is that, you know, I think obviously we love Chris, and I think Chris genuinely wants to be here, wants to finish his career as a Kansas City Chief. And so, again, we'll we'll pick up where we left off, and, you know, I, I hope that we're able to make some progress and get something done, but also understand the reality of it is that it's, it's not a guarantee. And so, you know, we have to um, make sure that we have a series of contingency plans ready to go. You mentioned earlier today that you guys anticipate using the franchise tag. You guys have two possible candidates for the tag. You have Chris Jones and you have LeJarrius Sneed. We're talking about Chris Jones. His franchise tag number is substantially higher than Sneed. Over the course of the negotiation, do you find that to be one of the bigger hurdles with Chris Jones, the fact that his franchise tag number is so high this offseason? Yeah, I mean, that would be a hurdle um, for, for sure. And But, again, I think we've had so much extended dialogue uh, last off season, I mean, you know, months leading before training camp started and, and then after training camp began. So, um, and those are one of a bunch of different factors that go into all these things and, um, you know, just how we're able to handle that. Well, you know, it'll be dependent on, on again, where we, where we can close the gap. I mean, there's always, we don't get a deal done. There's, there's certainly a gap on both ends. So with all these things, it's just, can you find that middle spot where everyone is, is good with it? And, you know, we weren't able to do that last year, but I think we were inching closer to it. And we decided to hit the pause button. Both parties were good with it. So hopefully now we can just, uh, you know, close that gap off and, and get this thing knocked out. Right now we're talking to Brett Veach, the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. We take a closer look at some of the offseason storylines. Let's transition to Sneed. Where were you when you heard his comments on Kay Adams' show where his message to you was, pay me? I don't know if someone sent it to me. Um, look, those guys are, they do a great job. And uh, I didn't, I don't even know if I heard the whole conversation, but uh, I mean, look, LJ is a great player and, and he's going to get paid in some shape, form or fashion. Right. So uh, he deserves it. Love the kid. Now, he's been through so much in his life and what a great story. What a great competitor. 
he is a consummate professional, and he comes in every day ready to work. A uh, bunch of games this year where, you know, I think he wasn't 100%. I think that Cincinnati game, I don't think he practiced all weekend, and he's like, I'm not missing this game. So um, he's not wrong in saying that, and he deserves it. And uh, love him, love everything about him, and that's why, just like Chris Jones, we're going to put our foot, you know, best foot forward, and hopefully we can get something done. Uh, super challenging, but – Again, these are great problems to have when you have two great players like that. No, it absolutely is. I'm going to tell you kind of the debate that we've had on the show because this has kind of carried the conversation since the championship parade is I see it as I think that the Chiefs, I, I think you as an organization, you guys are the you guys are the best at three things. I think you have the best coach in the league, the best quarterback in the league, and I think you have the best one-two corner combination, and that's something incredibly valuable to me. I look at McDuffie as I think he might be the best young corner in the league, and I think that Snead is a 27-year-old versatile corner that can do a lot of things. My partner, Rob Britt, you spoke to him earlier, he sees it as, hey, you guys have never really spent big money on corner, and you guys have drafted really, really well. What is that balance of, obviously, a player like Snead, you want to negotiate with them, you want to, but you guys have drafted really well at that position, and you guys have just had constant turnover and have constantly made it work as well? Well, I think it certainly gives you confidence when you go into these uh, transitional periods that we have a track record of, of uncovering corners and developing them and working with them. But I think, listen, I think all, you always want to uh, retain your, your best players and, and you know, you put your best foot forward. And when you have a uh, – listen, I know LJ was left off a lot of these postseason accolades, but I think you agree with Carrington. I think we all know that he was one of the better corners in the league and uh, don't buy into any of that stuff, but – him and Trent are just two outstanding players, and those are known commodities. And if we have a chance to keep those two intact with Chris Jones, like we're going to do that. Uh, if we can't, we understand that's just the reality of this business, and this is why the league is so great. It's not built for teams to just have continued success because you're going to have less money and you're going to have worse draft pick selections. So uh, there is a there is a degree of confidence that we have though that we've been able to to find corners late and our coaching staff great belief and faith in them to develop those guys but i think you always want to put your best foot forward to, to keep your known commodities and keep great players and if you can do it great but uh if you can't just you know understand that there has been another path to, to get high production out of that position there obviously was major news a major announcement regarding the salary cap and it took a bigger jump than expected how has that changed your focus? How has that changed maybe your net of the players that you were going to go into, but now you got a little bit more money to spend? How has that changed your philosophy heading into free agency? Well, it was one of those bits of information that you're certainly on the offset, like you're happy, right? I mean, more money is, is good for everybody. But on the other end, you have to be a little uh, conservative from the standpoint of, like we don't know, will there be normal six percent growth off of this two fifty five, or will it be a less percent growth? Will it be you know, flat? I mean, so on one end, I think for the immediate short term, it's it's great relief for all the teams. It's it's great additional uh, resources to spend in, in this year. But you know, it is a little tricky because you just can't assume that there's going to be natural growth off of this two fifty five number. It could be less uh, the next few years, so that it could end up kind of flattening out over time so on one end i think it's beneficial for the teams and maybe for some of their tag candidates for that one year uh, to help them get through this but on the other end i think you just have to temper expectations a little bit because we don't have all the information of, of what this growth will look like moving forward there was a little bit of buzz rumor about 
you guys potentially restructuring Patrick Mahomes' contract again to create even more cap space going into it. Is that a conversation that you've had in, as an organization of obviously you have the quarterback in place? Have you guys had a conversation about restructuring his contract again to give you guys even more cap space going into this big year regarding free agency? I think we, you know, when we go through these processes with with, with the players and free agency, I think it's it's you know the part of that unique relationship we, we have with Pat and that's always um, something that we have the ability to potentially use at any given time and uh, we work through those things and I think it's comforting knowing that we have that kind of relationship with Pat and we have that flexibility built in with, within the contract but um, that's more along the lines of letting the natural course of, of business take place let's go ahead and see if we can get these guys done and see what these structures look like and what these cash flows look like and then know that we have that to utilize if needed and we also have a great relationship with him um, and a great understanding of just kind of working through these things as, as a team like we always do right now we're talking to the general manager of the kansas city chiefs brett veach for a couple more minutes here but i've got a couple more questions i guess the first question would be is we've heard the story about you finding patrick mahomes and how critical you were in the discovery of patrick mahomes are you even surprised by how good he is because as i was watching the super bowl for the first time, I felt like I was watching Tom Brady, that I obviously have great respect for Patrick, but Tom has just been on such rarefied air that as I was watching him go down the field two times at the end of the game where everything is on the line, I felt like I was watching Tom Brady. I'm just wondering if you, when you were scouting him, thought that he had the chance to be the best quarterback of all time. Yeah, I listen, I'd be lying if I said <laughs> I did. I mean, I, I knew talent-wise he was the best player that I've ever seen. I think I said that. Uh, during my first combine presser before he was a full-time starter, I think he had one start. I was enamored by the uh, potential, by the ability, knew that from a physical trait standpoint, he was the best I've ever seen. But, I mean, gosh, it's so hard to win a Super Bowl. I think everyone in the organization, if you were to ask them back then, like we'd be sitting here with eight straight AFC West, six straight AFC title games, four Super Bowl appearances in the last six years, three Super Bowl wins, back-to-back wins. I mean, this is a lot for anybody, and it's rarefied air. It's um, it's just unbelievable. And the crazy thing and the scary thing is I think best, past best football is still ahead of him. And I still think he's growing and evolving as a player, as a person, as a leader. And what he did this postseason was amazing. And, um, you know, it's just – it's been a fantastic ride and a fantastic journey. And there's, I think, a huge amount of um, pressure and stress on all of us to – continue to provide him and, and coach with with talent uh, to make sure that we're maximizing this. And so we feel that. But, uh, you know, I don't think, again, to your original question, any of us really – I think we all knew that success was ahead. But to this degree of success and this amount of success is, 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 is absolutely um, amazing. That is the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, Brett Veach, joining us on the show today as the Chiefs have a lot of major decisions – Coming up as we head into the offseason, Brett, you have done a fantastic job. You guys are the best organization in the NFL. Congratulations. Thanks a lot for coming on with us today. Anytime, Carrington. Uh, appreciate the time today and uh, look forward to talking to you down the road here. Rob, I thought you could really hear there at the end the respect that Brett Veach has for my football acumen. And I think he, he didn't outright say it, but I think he was considering offering me a job. 
just like, hey, I've heard your show before. You obviously know what you're talking about. We have room for you in the front office here. And I could use a right-hand man. I mean, his right-hand man is gone. He's now in Carolina. He's going to try to help them turn that thing around. And I think he's looking for a right-hand man. And, I mean, I like working here with you. But maybe this is what I'll do. Let me go infiltrate. Let me go work for the Chiefs a couple of years. Let me kind of, you know, get my stature up, and then I come get you, and then you can be my right-hand man. You can be the right hand of the right hand. What do you think about that? I don't think it's a coincidence his longest answer of the entire interview was the one where you said, hey, Rob has this theory, and he was like, it clicked in his head. That's a great theory. Everything else, like... 30 seconds of, yeah, good point, Carrington. All right, let's keep this thing moving. But you said, hey, Rob has a lot of confidence in your ability to draft corners. Where are you at? I'm going to do a minute 12 in this answer because I know that's a great question because it came from Rob. Coming up on the other side, society is, well, I'll explain. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Your home for Chiefs football in Kansas City is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I want to share with you two stories that came across my desk earlier today because I think they're worthwhile in talking about them. Now, I know that some of you make it seem like all you care about is sports, but I know that not to be the case. Sometimes you go to movies. Sometimes you watch television with your wife. Sometimes you go to concerts. Now, I'm planning on going to a concert later this week. Drake is going to be here. J. Cole is going to be here. And I'm going to the show. You're going and to all three? or I will be at the first one. I will not be at the second one. He's doing two nights. Uh. I plan on being at the first night. I would go to the second night. I just don't want to pay for the second night. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to pay to go back to the show. And a major reason why I don't want to pay to go to the show is... 
Concerts have gotten really expensive, Rob. They have become a luxury item. So I was reading this story, and this story was by Billboard, that venues are frustrated because Gen Z doesn't buy alcohol the way that other generations have bought it. Quote, coming out of COVID-19, everything about the live music business has been turned upside down. We weren't really sure why the numbers were like this, and then we took a deeper dive at every event that was aimed at a Gen Z crowd, and we saw that the numbers were much different. So the Gen Z crowd, Rob, they have noticed when the show is directed towards them, they usually sell about 25 or 30% less in liquor sales than they do for maybe a show that's skewed for an older crowd. And then comes on and say that Gen Z doesn't drink as much. They usually eat edibles, and they do these things before they come to the show. And they've also noticed that marijuana use is higher at these shows than at some of the other shows. Don't we know the why on this? Our generation and the generation behind us, Rob, is much more likely to pregame before these concerts because we know how expensive getting a drink is at the venue. Let's say you want to have two, maybe three beers while you're at the event. Well, I already spent $200 a ticket so I could be here. Now you want me to buy your T-shirt and I got to buy your merch. So I got to spend $40, $50, $60 on a T-shirt and you want me to get three $12 beers, something's getting cut out of this. And usually it's going to be the money that I'm spending at the venue. And you know what? Maybe I'll only will get one drink while I'm there. And when my homegirl comes to pick me up, we'll kind of have our own little pregame party. We'll have a couple something to drink, and then we'll walk down to the venue, and then we'll go. Or we'll wait for the Uber, we'll get something to drink, and then we'll go to the to the concert. Isn't that clearly what younger generations are doing? I don't know if it's necessarily that they drink less. I just think that as ticket prices for these shows have gone up, merch costs have also gone up. You're only going to spend so much money at this concert. Something is usually going to get cut out. And it's the drinks that you're going to have at the venue, and you'll just drink those at home at a much cheaper price. Isn't that kind of like a duh thing? Like... Maybe these giant conglomerates and these corporations had no idea, but isn't what you just described the whole basis of tailgating? Yeah. When I go to a Chiefs game, I don't want to pay the eighteen fifty for a sixteen ounce Bud Light. No, thank you. That's terrible value for me. I will pay eighteen fifty for thirty of them, and I will have a bunch at my car, and then I will go in and enjoy the football game. And it doesn't hurt my bottom line the same way a potential future Crossroads Royal Stadium won't hurt the bottom line. If you go get dinner at, say, Grinders, that's going to be cheaper than getting dinner at the K. This just seemed like an obvious thing to me. I can't believe corporations took this long to catch on. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was reading this story. It was a very intriguing story, kind of what their conclusions were and why they thought this and. Yeah, I I really think it is that, you know, going to a concert has gotten relatively expensive, I would say, for the most part. And not just for, you know, it's always been a little bit of a premium for the good seats. I mean, now just to even get in the venue for the seats that used to be, 
$75 to $100. Those seats are now $200 to be able to go to some of these concerts. And I just think that we are being stretched so thin in other areas. You are usually going to make decisions. You're usually going to cut back on something. And I think that's just a couple of drinks that you have at the venue when you are uh, enjoying one of these shows. Another thing that is changing. Now, we've heard of this before. They call it like dynamic pricing or flex pricing. The Royals do this. If it's a game that they know people want to go to, they're going to charge a little bit more. So if you're planning on walking up and you're going to buy a ticket at the venue for the Red Sox on a Friday night, that ticket is going to cost a little bit more. Airplanes work this way. Hey, this seat can be cheaper, but now it's a, we all understand the concept of dynamic and flex pricing. Wendy's is thinking about doing this. Listen to this. The latest Baconator isn't the only new item hitting Wendy's menu. The fast food giant planning to test out dynamic pricing as early as 2025. It's a practice that charges different prices for the same items based on demand throughout the day. For example, a cheeseburger and fries could cost you more during the lunch rush than during a down period. What's happening to the country that I love? Because back in my day... We had a fixed dollar menu. I didn't order a combo from 97 until 2011. I went into McDonald's and I knew exactly what I was going to get. Two McDoubles, no onions, and a, and a fry. And I was going to get the water cup. And I was going to finesse it and get the high C orange. I had my order down packed. I didn't eat a Big Mac during this time frame. I didn't eat a quarter pounder during this time frame. Two McDoubles, no onions, and a fry. Thank you. Every single time. Now you try to get a McDouble, it's two twenty nine. You try to get a McChicken, they charge you seventy five cents extra for cheese. They charge you for the lettuce. They don't even have a value fry anymore. Or if they do have a value fry, it's really like six of them. And now they're going to have dynamic pricing. Well, have you noticed that all the McDonald's food isn't the same price? Have you noticed that all the Chipotle? Like, go to two different Chipotles, Rob. Go to this one that's right over here by the station and go to the one closer by your house and tell me if it's the same price for the burrito. What happened to this country, man? We used to be great. We used to make things, build things. And now we doing flex pricing on the Wendy's. We doing flex prices on the Frosty? Flex prices on the Junior Bacon Cheeseburger? These were staples. That's what they were. They were staples of the American diet. And somehow we've lost them, my friend. We've lost them. Rob, you're telling me we got breaking news? First breaking news in Kansas City Sports Radio. What per, is it, Rob? Per our friend, I'm going to call him a friend, Jeremy Fowler, the Chiefs have informed Legereus Sneed they are prepared to use the franchise tag but are open to consummate a trade off of it if no long-term deal is reached. Sneed is agreeable in the scenario, giving him a chance to talk to KC while other teams remain in play. Interesting. So it's a tag, but it's a, hey, go look around tag. I don't think it's a go look around tag. 
You're, that's not how I hear it. You're giving him a chance to go look around. No, that's not how I hear it. This is what I hear it. This is how I hear it. Now, you can tell me if you hear it differently. This is how I hear it. I hear it as we would like for you to come back. We have a number in mind. Your number and our number might not be the same. We are not going to stop you if you go get more money out there. Basically, what happened to Tyreek Hill? They offered Tyreek Hill a contract. They offered Tyreek Hill around $25 million. Hey, this is what our price is. If you want to take our price, great. And we are happy to have you come back in Kansas City. But if you can go out there and there's a team like Miami that's willing to offer you $30 million and they're willing to meet what we think you're worth in a trade, all right, then we'll do it. That's how I hear it. So I think the Chiefs would like to have Legarius need back long term. I mean, if you put the franchise tag on him, you you got to at least be willing to the fact of he's going to be on your team next year at that $18 million price point. But I think they are giving him the option. Hey, let's say in this scenario, you can come back with us for the 18. Or if you think there's a team that's willing to give you the 22 and you are not going to sign our, learnt, our long-term deal, then we will trade you then. That's how I hear this news from Jeremy Fowler. See, we're going to disagree on this. It hits my ear a little differently. Because if the Chiefs were, hey, we're going to tag you and we're going to get a long-term deal done, why would you invite other teams into the fold? Sneed is, a, I'm quoting here the report, Sneed is agreeable to the scenario giving him a chance to talk to other teams. You know what's going to drive Sneed's price up? Other teams. If you were negotiating only against yourself, you basically have the next 13 months to get a long-term term deal done with Snead. You tag him now. You keep working until July. If you don't get it, he plays under the tag. But you keep working to get him locked in. You know what throws a wrench on that plan? If you tag him and you're working and all of a sudden the Steelers say, hey, if you were, if you were in our building, we'd be giving you 23. That's going to change the calculus. To me, it sounds like we want to keep you. We have our number, but if you find better, we will do exactly what we did for Tyree Kill, and we'll make that request work. But it's a hard line, and we don't really want to keep you long-term at a penny past it. And I'm curious what the Chiefs' number is. I'm curious what that is, too. But, I mean, that's been their stance with basically every free agent. That's been their stance with everybody. So I don't really think that what they are doing with Snead is unique in that way. We know the Chiefs, when it comes to negotiating, they drive a hard bargain. It is our way or the highway. And if you want to go play for another team, we will miss you. We will have a very nice social media post telling you how much we appreciate you. And then we are going to go smoke you in this scenario. I'm surprised that the text line is reading it this way. See, Dot, this tells me that the Chiefs are making Jones their number one priority. I hear that too, by the way. I don't, I don't hear it that way. I don't hear it that way. I don't know why you would reach a deal with the Chiefs right now if you're Chris Jones. This is why I, this is why I'm surprised because like a lot of people in the text line see it this way. This tells me they're making Jones their number one priority. You're leaving him completely unprotected. If I am Chris Jones, and regardless of how you feel about his agents, there is obviously a number in Chris Jones' mind that he wants to sign for, that the Chiefs last offseason have made it very, very clear, we do not want to pay it. Chris Jones is days away from being a free agent in the greatest time there has 
ever been to be a free agent as an NFL player. So I don't know how you hear this as the Chiefs are making Chris Jones their number one priority when they are prepared to, if you use the franchise tag on Legereus Need, you are prepared to allow Chris Jones complete and total freedom for something that he has never had in his entire NFL career. How do you hear that as him making him a priority? At least with Legereus Need, they have a safety net. They have a safety valve. We're going to put the tag on you. Hey, if you can go get number one corner money, then go get it, and we will not stop you. When it comes to Chris Jones, they are simply taking the stance of, we are prepared to take a compensatory pick for you, and we are prepared to have where you have absolutely no ties to us coming up in exactly one week. It is one week. If you've done all of this and you were Chris Jones and you missed all of training camp last year and you missed an entire regular season game, you're now about to give up free agency one week before it starts? Hold out for one more week. It just it hits my ear the same way it hit my ear when they tagged D Ford. And no one thought they were keeping D Ford yeah. long term. It was a tag, and they were like, That's a good point. we're open to trades. Let's see what happens. And I remember they said they love D and all that stuff. And you know what they do? They turn around, they trade him for a second-round pick to the Niners. That's the immediate aftermath. If you're saying we love Legereus Sneed, but we're open to a trade, that sounds to me like, hey, we're open for business because the actual long-term deal we want to get done first is Chris Jones. And maybe it's just the way that Fowler worded the tweet, but they are prepared to use the franchise tag but are open to consummate a trade if it is not done. He mentioned the trade before the long-term deal. That means that there is at least in conversations. And you know how the combine works, Carrington. You've been there. It could be, hey, you're sitting at St. Elmo's and a GM walks in and goes, what's it take to get Sneed? And a media member overhears it. Who knows? But the fact that they are open to a trade means they are probably getting calls about a trade because premium players. Are. So I, it would not stun me before the league year if Legereus Sneed is, not, is traded off the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I guess, and it's just perfectly fine. We could take calls on this, 913-586-7610. I'm happy that you and I are on the other side. Because, like, the text the text line is on your side. That's perfectly fine. Someone says, CDOT, this means that the Chiefs won't let Chris Jones get away without getting anything out of it. That is exactly what is happening. <laughs> like, I, I cannot disagree with you any more than that. The Chiefs are, te- like, if they are going to franchise tag one of their players, then the other player can just leave in free agency and all they will get is a compensatory pick. That's what Jeremy Fowler is confirming right now. Their plan is to use the tag on Sneed that I have been very adamant on. That's what they are going to do because his tag is $14 million less than Chris Jones. And I think where you and I maybe disagree just a bit in this is I see this as almost the exact same scenario as Tyree Kill. Like, that's how I read this. So if you guys missed it, Jeremy Fowler, the Chiefs have informed Legereus Sneed they're prepared to use the franchise tag and are open to consummate a trade off of it if no long-term deal is reached per source. Sneed is agreeable to this scenario, giving him a chance to talk with the other teams while Kansas City remains in play. This isn't that much different than what happened to Lamar Jackson. Now, it was a little bit different. You remember, he got the non-exclusive tag, so they would have had to give the Ravens two first-round picks. But this is basically what the Ravens allow Lamar Jackson to do. Hey, you play for the Ravens, but if you think that Atlanta is going to make you the highest-paid player in the league, then go talk to the Atlanta Falcons. Come back to us with the offer. Come back to us, and then we can talk about it. 
All this really ensures for the Chiefs with Snead is at a baseline, they think they'll get a second-round pick or better for LeJarrius Snead. So this doesn't guarantee that he's going to be on the team next year, but it at least gives you a baseline where, hey, Snead, we're not letting you do whatever you want. There's going to be some guidelines to it. Worst-case scenario is you come back to Kansas City on a one-year fully guaranteed deal. Maybe best-case scenario if your Snead is, you sign a long-term extension with Kansas City, or the other scenario is, hey, we're happy to let you talk to, you know, other teams. Now, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm putting some parameters on it. You're not going to Buffalo. You're not going to Baltimore. You're not going to Cincinnati. But, hey, if you want to talk to the Philadelphia Eagles, go ahead. We, we give you permission to go talk to the Philadelphia Eagles. And if the Eagles are prepared to make you the highest paid corner in the National Football League and they want to talk to us about how to make that happen, we'll listen to it. That's how I hear what they're doing. And again, that is not anything different than what happened with Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs had an offer on the table for Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill would not accept an offer. That was a good offer. $25 million would have made him the third highest paid wide receiver in the league. And he said, no, I want to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. And then they agreed to trade him. So two things, real quick, and over against break. First and foremost, this sounds to me... A lot like the Chiefs are open for business with this player, the same way the Ravens were with Orlando Brown Jr., because that's how the Chiefs got him, the same way the Chiefs were with D. Ford, and the same way Clark was from the Seahawks. It does not sound to me like the Chiefs have a long-term number, a long-term plan in mind that involves Legereus Sneed, and they are open for business. Secondarily, Nate Taylor, friend of the show from The Athletic, will join us in 20 minutes to discuss this report as he has now confirmed it on social media per multiple sources. He also points out the deadline for a deal is likely the draft as that was the timeline for all those players I mentioned before. So I think there might be like a lot of disagreements. I mean, maybe not you and I have. You and I are on different sides of this. Someone on the text line is like, see, what if we trade Snead, our first round pick in his second for Justin Jefferson? I don't think that Legereus Need is worth as much as you guys think that he's worth. And I obviously think very high of Legereus Need. I don't think that Snead is maybe worth what you guys think that he's worth. Let's do this on the other side. I want to go through the last tag and trade candidates and kind of see what you typically get. How many of them have been corners in this scenario? How many of them have been corners? This is interesting. Somebody says, hey, you guys sound way too excited that we might lose both players. Honestly, I'm just happy something's finally happened. It's been 10 days of just inactivity. There's been nothing and speculating about what's going to happen. At least we got something finally. From Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, the Chiefs have informed Legereus Need that they are prepared to use the franchise tag and are open to consummate a trade off of the tag if no long-term deal is reached per source. That is from Jeremy Fowler. We got Nate Taylor of The Athletic about to join us in 20 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on this breaking news. Keep it right here, Sir Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's George Karlaftis. 
and you're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. All right, I did some quick research during the commercial break. So if you missed it, the Chiefs have announced. Well, they haven't announced. I guess the report is. I, I don't want to make it seem like it came from them. It did not come from them. The Chiefs have informed LeJarrius Sneed, according to Jeremy Fowler, that they are prepared to use the franchise tag on him, but they are open to trading him if they don't reach a long-term agreement. Sneed is agreeable to this scenario, which makes sense because not that long ago, he went on television and said this. What would you like to say as we wrap the show up here to Brett Veach? And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say? Man, pay me. Pay me. Pay me. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Pay me. So I understand why Legereus Need is at least open to, hey, I understand that I don't have any control over whether or not you franchise tag me, but the Chiefs are going to allow him to talk to teams to see if they can reach a deal. Rob, this is where maybe I am going to disagree with the masses. Text line 913-586-7610. CDOT, this tells me that the Chiefs are trying to get a huge haul for Sneed. That's what the news sounds like. I think you are going to be disappointed with what they get back in a trade for Sneed if that's what they do. So I looked this up. This is trade since 2000. So that's a pretty decent sample size, right? Pretty decent sample size. Rob, there have been two corners that have been traded for a first-round pick. At least that I've found. One of them is Jalen Ramsey. The other one is Darrell Rebus. Those have been the two corners since 2000 that have been traded for first-round picks. I love LeJarrius Sneed. He is not Darrell Rebus or Jalen Ramsey. You are not getting a first-round pick for LeJarrius Sneed. Not, not close to getting a first-round pick for him. I think the most realistic trade is, I actually think it's Darius Slay. Darius Slay in 2020 was on the Lions. He was seeking a new contract. He didn't reach a new contract. He got traded to the Eagles. He signed with the Eagles. He signed a three-year, $50 million deal. He got back a third and a fifth. Now, maybe it's a second and a fifth, so it's a little bit better than what you got for Slay because he is a younger player, but Snead is also probably a better corner historically than what Legereus Snead has been I think that's probably closer in line to what Snead is worth in this market because you have to remember that you have to turn around and then pay him as well if you're the team that's trading for him. You are not getting a first-round pick, in my opinion, for Legereus Snead. So, I mean, you're on the same page. I think a first-round pick for Snead is very much off the table. I I would be floored if the Chiefs got a first for Snead, but, you know, Brett Veach is very good at his job. I hope he is able to do it. I would say, and maybe this is six in one hand, half dozen in the other. I was looking at Marcus Peters' deal. The deal that Marcus, the Chiefs sent Marcus Peters to the, I believe, the Rams the first time. Yeah. Now, he was still on his rookie deal, so it's not exactly apples to apples. But I would say, coming off that season, Marcus Peters had definitely more accolades on his pro football reference page than Legereus Sneed yeah. did. And they were able to trade, trade Marcus Peters to the Rams for a second and a fourth. That's probably the haul that I would imagine. Maybe a second and a fifth yeah, because about that, of the rookie yeah. deal. But I imagine if you get a second and a mid-round pick, 
you'll see fireworks going off at GEHA Field like it's about to be kickoff because they would have gotten the maximum value from the player and they don't then get strapped to the $20 million tag when they're able to walk away. No, and that's, you're right. We're six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. You and I are, I think, using pretty comparable uh, picks for who that player could be. I'm looking at a team like Philadelphia, for example. So Philadelphia here, let me pull this up. Philadelphia has the 50th pick in this year's NFL draft, and they're going to have a few compensatory picks. I'm sitting there looking at it. That's probably what gets this deal done, if I'm being honest with you. Like, a team like Philadelphia. I don't know if the Chiefs are trading luxurious needs to the Buffalo Bills. Like, I'd be surprised if they did. I think it's like the D Ford analogy that you gave earlier. You trade them to a team in the NFC. You trade them to a team that is not a rival. You take your second-round pick. You wish him adieu. He got his money. He got paid. Thank you for all your service. And then you move on. The Eagles, we know they need to improve their secondary. They also have the cap space to spend. And they've also been in a team that's pretty aggressive at corner. Would you take the 50th overall pick? And would you take, I mean, right now the Eagles have five compensatory picks in the fifth round, would you take those draft picks for Legereus need? I think that's going to be the most likely best case scenario for the Chiefs if they end up trading him and don't end up signing him. Yeah, I think we're saying the same thing. An early round pick, not a first, and then fourth, fifth, comp pick in the fifth, something around those lines. I could see the Chiefs walking away with two picks in some form or fashion if they are able to trade Legereus need. One question I have for you, and Nate Taylor will join us here in about seven minutes. Does this hit your ear like they're not going to extend him long-term? Because everyone on Twitter is reporting that they are trying to sign him long-term, but will trade him if a deal cannot get done. It is not hitting my ear like they're going to work overly hard to get him locked in long-term. It's hitting my ear like trade is the most likely outcome. Is that where you're at, or are you still open to the possibility that Snead we get the breaking news sounder, hits a five-year, whatever-million-dollar deal with the Chiefs. I think they're going to trade Legereus Sneed, but maybe not for the reasons that you think they're going to trade Legereus Sneed. If you are Sneed and you gave that soundbite, I don't think that you are... I don't think that Sneed is going to fall for some of the Chiefs games that we know that they play when it comes to, hey, if you want to play on the Chiefs, you got to take 85% of what your value is. I don't think Sneed is signing up for that. And the Chiefs, their strategy has absolutely worked. I don't know if you're a Sneed and you're a mid-round pick and you've won championships. So like we say, everybody wants to chase a ring. I've already won multiple championships. I'm good. I've only made $3.9 million. And this contract sets me up for generations. He just had a kid recently, right? So you're just starting your own family. You got family that you got to take care of. I don't think Snead is taking the Chiefs offer. That's why I think they're willing to do this. I think the Chiefs have made Legereus need a contract offer. I think it's a good offer. It is not a wild, knock-your-socks-off kind of offer. He does have great value. He's a really talented. He's prime coin. He's 27 years old. I think he's Darius Slay. So I think what happens is we probably find out in the next 21 days that they took the second-round pick. They took... A second, they took a fifth-round pick that could maybe be a fourth, like you're talking about with Marcus Peters if something happens. They probably like Marcus Peters. They trade a sixth-round pick, so it evens out a little bit. And if you were asking me what the most likely scenario is, you're right. You don't bring up 
that trade word if it's not at least a possibility. And I think Snead wants to get paid. And if you want to get paid, we have seen the Chiefs are not the team that it's going to pay you more money than everybody else. I do think it's more likely than not that he ends up playing for another team. Not only are the Chiefs not willing to do that, the Chiefs are extra not willing to do that at defensive back. Uh, Eric Eager, of formerly a pro football focus, tweeted this out. The Chiefs have never signed mar- a market value defensive back. Think about all the guys that have come through Kansas City. They've walked on most all of them. Juan Thornhill, Honey Badger, Charvarius Ward, Vashad Breland. They either get them back on the comical cheap or it's, hey, you're a dollar beyond our value. Goodbye. They have trusted their ability to find, develop, and make corners. And I also think that is of note here because Legereus need asking for probably $20 million since that's the tag number means the Chiefs are going to probably be looking for another fourth-round unheralded corner. Yeah, and I'm just reading the text line. See, I think the only way that Snead would get a first-round pick is if it's delayed like a 25 or a 26, and the Chiefs are not taking that for Legereus Snead, like the upcoming draft. You're not taking a first from three drafts. I, I like Legereus Snead, too. I'm just simply here just giving you guys the information. Since 2000, there have only been two corners who have got back a first-round pick in a trade. One of them is Darrell Rivas, who just went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and the other one is Jalen Ramsey, who will probably go in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I love Legereus Need too. You guys know I would pay Legereus Need. He is not either one of those corners. You are not getting back a first-round pick. Marcus Peters is probably the example, or Darius Slay. That is probably the most likely what you get back in a trade. You get a decent second-round pick, and you get an extra pick, and you get the cap space to go out there in free agency. That's probably how this story ends. Let's learn more about this coming up on the other side from Nate Taylor. We do have breaking news. The Chiefs plan on franchise tagging Legereus need, but are open to the possibility of a trade. We'll learn more with Nate Taylor coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. So drive. We got breaking news regarding the Kansas City Chiefs. This information comes courtesy of Jeremy Fowler. The Chiefs have informed Legereus Sneed that they are prepared to use the franchise tag. But the Chiefs are open to trading Sneed if a long-term agreement is not reached. Sneed is open to this scenario, which gives him the chance to talk with other teams while a return to Kansas City remains in play. That certainly makes a lot of sense. It also lines up with what we heard Snead tell Kay Adams just last week when they did an interview together. What would you like to say as we wrap the show up here to Brett Veach? And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say? Man, pay me. <laughs> pay me. Pay me. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Pay me. Let's go to the phone lines right now and be joined by Nate Taylor of The Athletic who covers the Kansas City Chiefs. Nate, we appreciate your time. First, what do you think of this breaking news? What do you think of this report from Jeremy Fowler? Um, Yeah, well, first, thank you guys for having me on as always. Um, Look, this was trending in this direction, and I really got a sense of that yesterday, right? The the idea that um, as I talked to more and more people here in Indianapolis – as meetings were going to happen, as as my understanding today um, is Brett Veach and Chris Shea, uh, who takes over for Brent Tillis in terms of the salary cap and part of the negotiation structure of these things, met with Legereus' agent, it became clear that uh, the franchise tag was likely going to be used. The question then became, well, how would it be used? Would it be used for him to you know, not only prevent him from free agency, but to obviously have him play on that sort of one-year, essentially $20 million deal, 
or are you using it for what we learned this afternoon, which is either you are using that to start a baseline to resign him to a long-term extension, or you're using it to create leverage to at least get something in return instead of just having him walk in free agency uh, and you receive nothing, uh, obviously because he's now fulfilled his four-year rookie contract. So there will be um, a collection of teams, I believe, who are interested in, in luxurious need uh, just because he does play one of the premier positions and he has built a reputation for being one of the best pure shadow coverage corners in the league. Um, but the Chiefs are still, I believe, motivated to try to see if it's possible uh, to get a you know a, a long-term deal done that allows him uh, to be amongst, as I always say, Carrington, one of the highest-paid players at his not at his position, not the highest player at his position. So Nate, I think this is a very important distinction, and we got the time to really go through this because there's a lot of kind of things that permeate off of this. I hear this very similar to what happened to Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs offered Tyreek Hill a contract. It was $25 million. He wanted $30 million, so they were open to trading him. So I hear this news with Sneed, kind of what you just said. Hey, we are happy to have you come back, but we are happy to have you come back at our price. If that's not what you want to sign with, then, hey, if you go get a deal from the Atlanta Falcons, we are happy to talk to the Atlanta Falcons about fair compensation as a trade for you, but we are not going over this amount. So I at least think there is a chance that Snead comes back, but I think if we are playing this thing out realistically and Snead wants to get paid, then he is most likely going to get more money from outside of Kansas City. Right. I, I do think that's where, um, especially with the way, and I always want to remind this, not just the way Brad Veach has operated in his front office, but the way Clark Hunt has operated, right? Clark Hunt, um, is comfortable giving close to the top of the market. Unless you Patrick Mahomes, you're not getting at the market or top of the market. So um, if you're Legereus Need in his representation, well, you understand that, right? But at the same time, uh, Legereus has been very upfront about his desire to want to play and continue to play with the Chiefs. The fact that he has the the role that he's always wanted since he basically proved himself as a starter, as a rookie, which is I'm the number one corner, I cover the number one receiver, and oh, by the way, my abilities lead to us winning. Um, so the Chiefs have done everything right in terms of drafting, developing him. Uh, now it's about does Legereus, as we've always talked before, what are you most concerned with? Is it making the most money or is it making good money um, not franchise tag money, of course, because uh, that's basically only on a one-year deal, and that sort of creates a gamble because if you get hurt, obviously, uh, that obviously lowers your value uh, when you do become a free agent the following year. Or do you want to be someone that makes $17, $18 million a year, $16 million a year, but like your spot on the roster is going to be guaranteed for two, maybe three years, and then obviously you can get the free agency at the age of 30. Uh, Legereus right now is 27. So all these factors come into question. Um, but if a team is willing to give the Chiefs a second-round pick, I think the Chiefs will listen. I, I still think it's going to be hard for a team to say, we're going to forego our first-round pick for Legereus Need. But I do think a second-round pick is where the trade discussions could get really interesting. So we just talked about that before you hopped on. So I looked it up. Since 2000, there have only been two corners who have been traded for a first-round pick. Jalen Ramsey is one, and Darrell Revis is the other. I love Legereus Need. He is not Jalen right. Ramsey. He is also not right. Darrell Revis. But 
if you're looking at Darius Slay, Darius Slay got traded for a third and a fifth. If you look at Marcus Peters, he got traded for a second and a fourth, and the Chiefs gave up a sixth-round pick. That is probably close to what the compensation, I think, would be for Snead if he does get traded. Yeah, and again, I think the highest you can go is probably a second. You know, uh, I would say somewhere in that top 50 range, right? Um, because uh, the Chiefs don't have a ton of draft picks this year, not compared to uh, the previous years, which I'm sure you guys have talked about too. So um, because they have, because the Chiefs have Trey McDuffie, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, um, and whoever they draft and develop next potentially, uh, they feel like they are still obviously pretty good at that spot. Steve Spagnuolo may not have as many uh, strategic advantages as he did last year because um, you can just sort of set it and forget it with whoever Steve's covering on the outside. Um, but combine that with the idea that you need more draft picks so that you can continue to have, you know, cost control players while you're trying to obviously sustain uh, a level of excellence that is incredibly hard in the NFL. Like it, 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 I, I understand why the chiefs are interested in it. Even as Brett Veach told us today, um, you know, the best case scenario is if they're somehow able to retain not only the Jerry Sneed, but Chris Jones, uh, they're going to have the cap space to re-sign one of them. Uh, again, it becomes really fascinating and how much cap manipulation you can do to get a good chunk of available salary cap to at least retain both of them for the next two seasons. Cause I think the best thing for the chiefs is obviously to resign these guys, but these guys probably want what their market is. Well, the only way you can truly find that out is if you're a in free agency, which is where Chris is more than likely headed to, at least in, in my opinion, as a, as a, where we stand right now, or you kind of get the best idea of what your value is, on the trade market, which is where Legereus Steve is headed. Let's cut this thing in half, just uh, 50-50 on one side, 50-50 on the other side. Give me the percentage that you think Chris, or excuse me, Legereus Sneed, we'll get to Chris Jones. Give me the percentage that you think Sneed is on the team next year. Give me the percentage that you think he is not on the team next year. I think it's 60-40. I think it's 60-40 that he's, 60 that he's not on the team and 40 that he is. Um when you allow the player to start talking to other teams in lieu of a potential trade, usually the trade happens. Right now we're talking to Nate Taylor of the athletic going through this breaking news. If you guys missed it, this news comes courtesy of Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. The chiefs have informed Legereus need that they are prepared to use the franchise tag, but are open to a trade if a long-term deal is not reached, Need is agreeable to the scenario, giving him a chance to talk to other teams while Kansas City remains in play. Nate, I think the next question is, after we talk about Snead, is what do you think this information, what do you think this news means for Chris Jones? Well, they're not going to franchise tag him, so that's a good thing. Um, he is that much closer to free agency, right? Um, now, uh, you can take Chris at his word at the parade rally, which is, hey, I'm going to be back next season. Um, but I want to remind people that they should really look at T.J. Watt's contract in contrast to, say, Nick Bosa. He's not making Nick Bosa money, or the Chiefs aren't going to offer him Nick Bosa. But can the Chiefs sort of agree to something around $28, 29000000 million 
when you understand that, like, had they used a franchise tag on him, it would have been around, I believe, 32.16, which is crazy. That's like legitimate quarterback money. So, uh, obviously, he's going to be 30, um, but he's still their best defensive player. Everybody knows that. The defense changes significantly without him. Um, so, if you do trade luxuriously, uh, then you better have a deal that you know can get signed. If you're Brett Beach, if you're Chris Shea, uh, Andy Reid, Clark Hunt, like one thing has to happen with the other in hand. Um, what I would consider a disaster is if Ladarius uh, is traded and Chris Jones gets to free agency, um, you know, in mid-March, you know, doesn't really want to um, sign what has been offered to him by the Chiefs, and then some team is willing to give him 30, 31 million. I don't know if anybody's going to give him 32 million, but you never know. It, it becomes a bidding situation when you're when you're a free agent, and obviously he's got championship pedigree. There's really no pass rusher like him at his position, uh, so he has plenty of leverage. Um, but Chris has always said he wants to play for the Chiefs. He he's on he's written on record on Twitter that you know he will never play for another franchise. Well, if that's the case, and if the Chiefs want that to happen you kind of make this move with Legereus, the potential of him being traded so that you know you have the cap space to take on somebody who is going to make near quarterback money as your top pass rusher, your top leader, and your best player on defense. And I hear what you're saying, and it certainly sounds noble, but I was going back and I was reading some of your old reporting. The Chiefs offered him a two-year, $54 million uh-huh. contract that's fully guaranteed. So you can tell me how much you don't want to play for another team. They offered you $54 million guaranteed, and you were like, nah, I'm good. I need more money. So like most people, there is a price, there is a number in which you are willing to walk away from. And at least my argument for Chris Jones is, if you have done all of this over the course of the last 10 months, you are now one week away from free agency. Yep. You are one week away. So as much as you want to be in Kansas City, that is still a possibility. I owe it to myself to at least listen to what these other organizations have to say and at least take a visit. Everything I did last summer was to get the most money possible. Now you are one week away from the money in the best possible year to be a free agent. No, I am not taking a hometown discount right now. Um, and yeah, let me remind everybody that the cap jumped up thirty million dollars. So uh, yeah, there's money to be made out there. Um, and so if we both agree with that, Carrington, I would also advise Chris Jones. Yes, if you're if you're willing to push it this far, yes, go to free agency. Um, see what your actual maximum value is for teams who have the available cap space. If that is the case, and that happens how many days do the Chiefs give him? Because at some point, you got to move on. you got to go to, as Brett likes to say, the contingency plan to the contingency plan. So, I mean, do you give him a week to sort of get, you know, to be fully courted, to be recruited, to be, you know, wine to dine by whoever, um, you know, whichever, you know, owner wants to, um, you know, pluck him from the, from the Chiefs? At some point, you you, you got to say, hey, man, we, we, we would like for you to sign this, or will we have the right to match whatever offer is available? Um, and if that's the case, then, you know, you sort of see where it goes. But it, it does lead us to a, a, a very intriguing march where usually 
the Chiefs are trying to make one or two splashes in free agency. Um, but this is the first time really since I've covered the team uh, that they could, you know, really be set to have a complete roster shuffle on one side of the ball, um, the, the side of the ball that led them to be back-to-back champs. So I saw from, I think it was Spot Track, maybe it was Pro Football Focus, they had a roster contract projection for Chris Jones that was four years, $120 million, 80 guaranteed. I don't think Kansas City is willing to spend that much money on Chris Jones. Do you think they are? I think he's a rare player. I mean, he 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 prevents touchdowns, which is the number one thing you're asked to do on defense. Hey, stop that team from the end zone. The easiest way for them to do that is to have that guy healthy, to have that guy obviously um, rushing from the inside, from the outside. Uh, obviously, you can build a plethora of blitzes because of his presence, which is what Steve Spagnuolo has been excellent at. I know he's I know he's going to be thirty. I know. The Chiefs do not have a reputation of really paying guys, not, you know, the quarterback (laughs) at the age of 30. But I just think given his skills and, I mean, just his ability to to, to play well at the highest level in the biggest moments, I I think he is worth it. I don't, you know, uh, for as much negotiating and, you know, leverage and, and fronting you can do and, you know, getting your message out there, it's third down. He's the, he's the best chance you have to prevent a first down or prevent a touchdown. Last thing here, Nate, we appreciate your time. I asked you when it came to Snead, and you said 40% staying on the team, 60% you think he gets traded. I'll ask you that same question about Chris Jones. What percentage do you think that he is back next year in Kansas City? What percentage do you think that he is walking in free agency and going to play for another organization? You know me, Carantine. I'm an optimistic person. I will say 55% that Chris is back and 45% that he walks. And kids, with each passing day, that number can get – those numbers can reverse more and more. Um, You know, I cannot express enough how much Patrick and Travis have been in his ear to express to him how valuable he is to the team and why he is needed for them to continue to win, um, especially if they want to be – you know, the rarest of teams that, you know, somehow wins three championships in a row. Um, It's hard to argue them being able to do that without him, right? Without him playing, obviously, at a high level. So um, Chris understands that he wants to be valued. Um, And it really comes down to what is Clark willing to pay? I mean, yes, the cap went up this year. Yes, you may trade a really good corner in Legereus Need and, and get something in return. That's you know, honestly, smart general managing if you weren't going to resign him to a long-term deal or he just wasn't going to be a part of your plan based on the business side. Um, I don't think – I mean, I think I'll, – I'll try to do more reporting around this. But, again, I'm, I'm sort of projecting that by agreeing to potentially trade Legereus Need, you have pretty much said we got to resign this dude. Um because he plays a premier position and he's one of the best pass rushers in the league and he's probably going to go into the Hall of Fame. And if you want to actually win a third Super Bowl, he gives you the best chance to do that alongside Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, 
Steve Spagnuolo. You know, the list goes on, but he's got to be included in that list. So even though it's almost 50-50, I, I do give the Chiefs a slight advantage, uh, at least right now, obviously, as we head closer and closer to free agency. All right, I'll add, I have one more question here, and it's related to this. <laughs> it, it, it's related to it, but by what you said, because because you said you're optimistic that they get a deal done. I'm not optimistic right. for the reason I gave you of you've gotten right. this close to free agency. You need to take free agency, and some team is going to come in and wow you with an offer that you will be unable to say no to. Let's say that these two sides, Chris Jones and the Chiefs, reach a deal. I'm wondering if I'm wondering if you think this deal happens because Chris caves and Chris is willing to move off of his number or the chiefs are willing to increase their number because at least last year they had two different definitions on what his value was. His value was I'm Aaron Donald. Their value is you're around $28 million, which is about $4 million in difference, which seems like a lot of money. It does. But like, Again, I will never forget <laughs> being in front of Ronald McDonald House the eve of the season, Carrington, and he'll just say, I just, I'm just asking for a raise. And that's not directed at – I don't believe that was directed at Andy Reid. I don't believe that was directed at Brick Beach. That was directed right at Clark Hunt. And dynasties rise and fall, right? And so I'm not trying to get over dramatic, but at some point, like, the winning stops. So are you – are you comfortable letting him walk in the event of knowing that, hey, we might not be that great next season or not as great as we potentially could be? Or are you going to push the chips in for a third year? You can't You can't go all in on a three-peat. You can't have your general manager on the podium saying today, well, can't wait to go for a three-peat if you don't have Chris Jones in your hand. I, I, just, uh, I, I just think you need all of the best cards available. He's one of the top ones. Um Last year got so contentious just because I think there was so much poor miscommunication. Um, and we all know who probably takes the bulk of that blame. But also, um, you just saw what he's capable of doing in the last two years. And again, you don't have another viable pass rusher who could do the things he can do. And you're not going to be able to draft one because you're picking in, you're picking 32. So, uh, again, he has an, 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 an he has a gargantuan amount of leverage, and yet they should pay him, and that's okay. You know, you know who also has massive leverage? Patrick Mahomes. You know what they did? Oh yeah, Joe Burrow got a deal. Cool. We'll we'll guarantee these this money so that you are in line. And then when Dak Prescott gets a new deal, guess what? We're gonna pay you more money. You you you. <laughs> I know he's not the quarterback. Um, and I know he's not going to play as long as like a quarterback can, um, but he's. I mean, as as Aaron Donald has proven, um, and now I sound like his representation. As Aaron Donald has proven, you can play really well at this position into your early to mid thirties. Uh, he's going to turn thirty this summer. You can still get two, maybe three more excellent years out of Chris Jones because teams have to double team him and he can still terrify the best quarterbacks named, you know, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, the guys you will immediately be competing for supremacy in the AFC to get the right to play in the Super Bowl. So he has leverage. So acknowledge that leverage and pay him what he's worth or pay him close to what he is worth uh, to prevent him uh, from being led astray elsewhere or being sort of, you know, being persuaded to go elsewhere 
um, even though he won't go to a team that is probably better positioned to win a championship with his services. That is our guy, Nate Taylor of The Athletic, joining us on the show today for the breaking news. The Chiefs, it would appear they're going to franchise tag Legereus Sneed, but they are open to trading Legereus Sneed. What does that mean for the Chiefs' corner? What does that mean for Chris Jones? Certainly a very interesting offseason with two major decisions for the two-time defending Super Bowl champion. Nate, we appreciate you hopping on for this breaking news, my man. I appreciate you. Yeah, man, anytime. Absolutely. That's Nate Taylor joining us on the show today. Certainly a lot to digest from Nate Taylor. Let's do this. We can open up the phone lines, 913-586-7610. If you want to text in, you can do that as well, 913-586-7610. There is just one major part of this Chris Jones conversation that for the life of me, I just don't, I don't understand it. I'll explain. Keep it right here, Sir Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. (laughs) Kansas City is Justin Reed. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. to the drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Let me read to you guys the breaking news if you missed it. We got real news with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's been a while since that's been the case. But according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, the Chiefs have informed Legereus Need they are prepared to use the franchise tag and are open to trading him if a long-term deal is not reached. Sneed is agreeable to the scenario, which gives him the chance to talk to other teams while a return to Kansas City remains in play. Rob, before we get to the phone lines, this is the part, at least when it comes to Chris Jones, because I think the Sneed thing is kind of straightforward. Hey, we're going to put you on the franchise tag. I believe that the Chiefs have offered Legereus Sneed a contract. We are happy for you to come back at this contract. I'm assuming that that contract, based on how they operate, is a hometown discount. Hey, if you want to come back to Kansas City at this deal, we are happy to do this. You make a lot of money. We lock in a player, and you can keep trying to help us win championships. Or if there is a much better deal out there for you, we are happy to make that happen for you. We will work out a trade compensation with that team. We get a little back something in trade. We get the salary cap space. You get all the money that you want. Everybody wins in this scenario. That's basically what happened to Tyreek Hill. This is the part that at least I am just stuck on when it comes to Chris Jones. Every decision Chris Jones made last year was monetary. All summer. Hey, you just got to show up. Hey, you can show up. And act like your back is hurt or you got a tummy ache. They call that a sit in, a hold in. That's all you got to do. No, I am not going to St. Joe. I'm working out on my own. I will not report unless they give me what I want. He was so adamant he didn't play a regular season football game last year. Every decision that you and your team has made is to maximize your earning potential. And I am not mad at that. You are entitled to do what you think is best. You are so close. You are literally one week away from free agency. And Chris Jones, you've never been a free agent. This is potentially the last time and only time in your career that you would be a free agent. 
why would I now be interested in the hometown deal? Now, maybe he has had a change of heart. People are entitled to change their opinion. Maybe Kansas City has changed their offer. We know last year that it was around $27.5 million, but he wants $31 million. The chance to take this hometown deal with the Chiefs has been there this entire time. If you've held out for money, it all turns. I just don't know why when you are so close to everything that you have worked for and all the sacrifice you were willing to make, why you would now punt on that opportunity before you at least sit down with the Atlanta Falcons and sit down with the Chicago Bears. Maybe the Chiefs give you 72 hours. Hey, you go talk to these other teams. We will give you three days. Come back with an answer. At least take your three days if you're Chris Jones. I think he will hit free agency, and I think he will have conversations. But it's also possible, Carrington, the thing we don't see is the Chiefs have upped their offer. Maybe it's not at the 31, 32, 33 that Chris Jones was initially looking for, wanting all those things. But Chris Jones' people could easily be in Indianapolis. We know Brett Veach and his co. are in Indianapolis. If you're not in Indianapolis, you should fire your agent. They need to be there. Yeah, I presume they are. I haven't yeah, There's no, no pub there. Yeah. So... It could easily be right now be talking behind the scenes. Brett Veach was on this show earlier and mentioned, hey, now that we have a deal, we can kind of pick up where he left off last offseason. He used the term hit play on the contract negotiations. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were much closer than we think last year. And it's just, hey, some negotiating here, some negotiating there. And Jones can get the money he wants with the team he wants. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. No, you're 100% right. But. I saw everybody that really mattered for the Chiefs take the last game of the regular season off, and I saw Chris Jones play like a man possessed for that extra million dollars. That man was out there in the – he was in the second half of a meaningless game out there to chase that money. That guy's done chasing money now? You got one more race to go get this money. One more. I'm at least exploring free agency at a minimum. I think you owe it to yourself after everything that you have done to at least go hit free agency. That's what I would tell him if I'm his agent. If he comes to me and says, hey, you've done all of this. You you come this far. You just got to take it another. You are one week away from free agency. If they don't franchise tag you by next Tuesday and they've told you they're not going to franchise tag you, you're free to go do whatever you want to do. Do it. Every other time that you have been in this situation, the Chiefs have dictated the terms of the deal because of the franchise tag. This is this would have been the third time they would have franchise tagged them. You got a chance. Go get your money. Unless unless you had a change of heart. And again, you are entitled to change your opinion when it comes to money. But the same guy that I saw miss all of training camp, the same guy that I saw miss a regular season game, the same guy that played the last game of the regular season, now money's not the biggest thing for you? That's that's how you've operated for the last 10 months in Kansas City. I mean, money still can't be the biggest thing. It's possible the Chiefs know we ain't keeping Snead, and with the boost in the cap, we got more available to yeah. give you. Like, it's possible the money thing is still top of Chris's mind, and the Chiefs suddenly have more of it. Because the report from Jeremy Fowler is they are willing to trade Legereus Need if a long-term deal isn't met. Well, there's new cap money, and if they sign Jones long-term, they're probably not signing Snead long-term, so they have cap money to do Jones and other things. It's possible the money-hungry guy just found a place that has the money. Let's go to the phone lines. Kyle, you called into the drive. Hey, Kyle. 
Hey, Carrington. How's it going, man? Doing good, man. Hey, I don't know about you, but I just suddenly got very, very nervous about the Chiefs. I was feeling great for the last two weeks. I don't I don't know what happened. Uh, with the Chris Jones stuff, I, I, I really hope they get a deal. I, I'm kind of nervous to see this team go on a three-peat run without them, unless they work out some crazy deal with the free agent that, you know, it's pass rush. Uh, but what I was calling about is just to see what your thoughts of if they if this trade you know if the trade does go down what would you like to see would you like to see you know some draft pick compensation a two and a four uh, but for me personally I, I would rather see you know a big name player you know wide receiver I don't know if you can get a defensive tackle but uh, I was curious what what you would like to see on uh, on that side no no problem Kyle. I, I appreciate me. the phone call when it comes to Snead we look this up about corners who have been traded since 2000. I think Darius Slay makes a lot of sense. In 2020, he got traded from the Lions to the Eagles. He was traded for a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick. Rob threw out the possibility of Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters got traded for a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick, and the Chiefs gave the Rams a sixth-round pick. That seems to be in line. I would be stunned if you got a first-round pick in exchange for Legereus Need. It is just very, very rare given his position. I think a second-round pick and probably a mid-to-low second-round pick is probably realistic. I don't think you're getting the 37th overall pick for Legereus Need. But we looked at a team like Philadelphia. Would Philadelphia give you the 50th overall pick for a team that needs to completely rehaul that defense and for a team that obviously has a lot of talent and could be right back in the Super Bowl conversation with a couple of moves on that side of the ball? I think the Eagles are a team that makes a lot of sense. It's a team in the NFC, a team that is not a direct rival or threat to Kansas City. If you're going to trade Snead the same way when you had D Ford, you traded him, I think a team like Philadelphia would make a lot of sense if you're trying to make a move. Or a team like Chicago, a team that has a lot of cap space, a team that we think is going to have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Teams like that, to me, would make the most sense if you're going to trade Legereus Need. Let's go back to the phone lines. Gino is in Overland Park. Hey, Gino, how you doing today, my man? Well, not very well, because I think uh, you're you're feeling way too comfortable with uh, all this Need leaving stuff. And I, I've got a comment and a couple of questions for you. My first comment is this. The, the timing of all this is very, very tricky because let, let, me, let me give you a hypothetical. Let me give you an example here. They, 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 they franchise him, and then they've got a trade partner that they're willing to take. Well, I'll tell you what you can't have. You can't have us trading with Jerry Sneed for that aforementioned second-round draft choice, and then you don't know if you have Chris Jones. So then somebody comes along and offers Chris Jones $33 million a year for four years, and we can't match it or won't match it, and I don't know what's in the Chiefs' head. I'm telling you right now, we can't come away with neither of those guys. So what it appears to me is that before they can make the, the, the Sneed decision, is, now, now tell, me, tell me whether or not you're confirming what I'm thinking here or not, and then I've got one other question. Isn't it true? that we have to get Chris Jones done one way or the other before we do Legereus Sneed, because if we don't, we may end up with neither of them. Yeah, so I mean, I guess the way of simplifying it is they only have one franchise tag. They have until next Tuesday to use that on one of the players. Let's say they've already used the tag on, on Sneed. Yeah, on Sneed. So then, I mean, then in that scenario, Jones would be a free agent and Jones could do whatever he wants. Right, so you you can't go ahead and say, oh, okay, we 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 traded Snead for a second round choice, and then you turn to Chris Jones and you don't sign Jones. 
Because don't tell me you're going to come away with neither of these guys next year. You can't do that. If you're going to trade Snead, and I don't want them to trade Snead. He's a lockdown corner. He's a bully. People are undervaluing him. But if you're going to trade Snead, you cannot trade Snead until you have got Chris Jones. Because if you lose Chris Jones, then you keep Snead. You got to know whether you got Chris Jones before you trade Snead. You don't. You don't franchise and then trade him and then hope that you get Chris Jones. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, I appreciate the phone call. We're up against the break here. I. I... I understand what you're saying about not wanting to lose both of them in free agency. I think it is important to note free agency is going to start really, really quickly here. Like the Chiefs don't have a lot of time to do a lot of these things. You've got 13 days. Like they got 13 days to figure this out. The combine starts today. Free agency starts 13 days from now. So the legal tampering period is even earlier than that. You really got 10 days to negotiate with Chris Jones. And that's why I'm saying is if I'm him and I am this close to free agency, I am not interested in hometown discounts anymore. That was a last summer conversation. The price has gone up. I got another season in which I got double-digit sacks. We won another Super Bowl. I was a first-team All-Pro player again. I am a Hall of Fame player. I've told you guys the price. The price is $31 million. You have told me you don't want to franchise tag me. Hey, so let me see what the rest of the market says. That's how I would handle it if I'm Chris Jones. If he comes back, I do want to note, he would be taking a, I don't know if pay cut's the right term, he will be making a sacrifice to continue to stay on the Kansas City Chiefs from a financial aspect if he gives up free agency and agrees to a deal. We can keep talking about this. It's the top story. It would appear that the Chiefs have made a decision. They're going to franchise tag Legereus Need, but they are open to a trade. What that means for him, what that means for Chris Jones. Keep it right here, Sir Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's Willie Gay Jr. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Welcome back into The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. For those of you that missed it, the breaking news, the top story is that the Chiefs have informed Legereus Need that they are prepared to use the franchise tag, but they are also open to a trade if no long-term deal is reached. Snead is agreeable to this scenario, which would give him a chance to talk to other teams while Kansas City remains in play. That is not surprising that Snead is open to a trade, especially when he said this last week. What would you like to say as we wrap the show up here to Brett Veach? And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say? Man, pay me. (laughs) Pay me. Pay me. (laughs) That's what I got to say. Pay me. Text line 913-586-7610. Someone texted this in and said, I don't know. It seems like Snead could become a locker room cancer. The first thing out of his mouth after winning the Super Bowl was pay me, pay me, pay me. This is where I think we're being a little bit unfair. If you are Legereus Snead and you are playing at an all-pro level, And because of the way that the finances are set up in the National Football League, and I'm not asking anyone to feel bad for Legereus Need, you signed a four-year, $3 million deal that was 
negotiated by someone else, collectively bargained, you are slotted in that amount of money. You have obviously outplayed this contract. I mean, you outplayed this contract probably in the first 18 months that you were on it, but you are stuck. You now reach a place where you can make real money in this game, like legitimate money. I don't have any problem with Legereus Need as his contract has ended, because it has ended with Kansas City, saying, hey, I, I am underpaid. Everybody acknowledges that I am underpaid. It's now time for me to get paid what market value is. And I think market value tells you that Legereus Need is probably worth somewhere between 18 to $21 million a year. Like That is what his industry, that is what his field tells us that he's worth. I don't have any problem with him at least going out and exploring and seeing if he can get that. Now, we'll see how it turns. And, Rob, it sounds like you think this need is going to be traded. I would say at this point I think it's more likely he gets traded than he does it. And we asked our guy Nate Taylor, and he also is on the side of, yeah, I think Snead is probably gone. But I don't have any problem with Snead, who has clearly outplayed and outperformed his rookie deal. It is now over. He is about to hit free agency. And his message is, hey, I want to be paid what the market says that I'm worth. I mean, that's what the franchise tag is. The franchise tag is the average of the five highest paid players at your position. I think I'm one of the five highest paid players in the position. So instead of paying me like that for one year, I want to be paid like that for the next three. That's just the business side of the NFL. I would agree that's the business side of the NFL. And I think I think today's news has cemented one thing in my head because maybe it's the text line and I'm just using them as a bad barometer. There has been this notion most of the offseason, which I know is in its infancy, but there has been a notion that Chris Jones was after the money. Chris Jones wants to get paid. Chris Jones and his agents, which are public enemy number one, they're all about money, money, money. And Legereus Sneed was going to be hometown discount guy. He was going to be the guy who was going to take a little less to keep the good times rolling and keep the winning happening. If there's one thing today's news taught me, it's that it appears Legereus Sneed, at least in the infancy of the offseason, is not the hometown discount guy. Because if that was the case, the Chiefs would not be welcoming him to go seek out trade partners because trade partners inherently are going to drive up his cost. If the Chiefs were going to be able to get him at a little under market value, but still a very fair and equitable deal, but not top of the market money, the news sounder today would have fired off not for he's looking at a trade. It would have fired off for they believe they can get something done long term. That would have been the verbiage. That verbiage was not used. So today's news cemented one thing in my head. That pay me, pay me, pay me that he told Kay Adams is very true. He is looking for top of the market money, and you're never going to get top of the market money the way Kansas City, Brett Veach, and Clark Hunt operate. And I also think at least why I think some of the conversation is unfair is I don't think that that mindset is very unique amongst NFL players. In fact, I would say that that is the common belief amongst NFL players. And I do think, at least in these conversations, Chiefs fans have been spoiled because Travis Kelsey has done the opposite. Travis Kelsey is a unicorn when it comes to this. In a lot of ways, Travis Kelsey's off-the-field earning potential is a unicorn compared to most other NFL players. If Snead takes that hometown discount, he ain't getting that money back from doing your Pfizer commercials or your State Farm commercials. That's money he just ain't going to (laughs) make. Like that. That's just the, the fact. 
of Legereus Need. He is not making that money up on the back end. So I understand, hey, I've worked hard. I want the money that is coming to me. I don't fault anybody for trying to go after it. Let's go back to the phone lines. Melvin, you called into the drive. Hey, Melvin. Hey, C-Dot, how you doing? Doing good, man. Look, I, I got indulge me for a minute. I, I, uh, let me tell you about myself. One, I'm blind and I retired two years ago, so I listen to you and Rob every day at 2 o'clock. I stop what I'm doing. But it never ceases to amaze me how the billionaire owners has convinced the average fans that when millionaires ask for more money, they're greedy. Like you just mentioned that caller that said uh, he just wants the money. That's It's a business. They're supposed to want the money. But the billionaires never turn down any of those TV contracts, and it's all going in their pockets. So people like us, us working stiffs, need to realize don't be fooled by the billionaires complaining about the millionaires. But let me say this. Snead is one of the best quarter, cornerbacks in the NFL. You mentioned Jalen Ramsey. If I remember, against Miami, the rookie had eight catches for 130 yards. Jalen Ramsey was on that team. I don't know their defensive scheme or whatever. When a narrative is put out about a particular player, player, it stays with them for a while, whether it's legit or not. Jalen Ramsey is on his third team. Now, the Chiefs have done good replacing cornerbacks with cornerbacks, but they also drafted CEH as the, the first running back in the draft taken in the 2020 draft. So sometimes they luck might run out. And y'all always talk about that one defensive lineman. I can't think about, I can't think of his name that y'all always talk about, but, and I know it would never happen, but if we trying to go for that legacy and that three peat, then maybe Patrick could take a slight, you know, cut in pay and doesn't have to get his salary bumped up when Dak gets his next contract, like he did when Burrow got his. If we're talking about three-peat and championships and legacy, and they compare him to Brady, if I remember correctly, Brady wasn't getting all the money he could have gotten. Yeah, I know his wife made $500 million. That's, that's a whole different subject. But if they want to go all in, then they need to keep Snead and they need to Chris Jones. And my last comment is this. We can't let Chris Jones do like Aaron Rodgers did with the Packers. Maybe I'm playing, maybe I'm not. We allowed him to get that $1 million in that last game. It didn't mean anything on anybody, and he could have got hurt and not made it in the playoffs at all. So we need to think about it. We really want this 3 Pete to separate us from everybody else that's ever won the Super Bowls in the past. Some people may need to make the sacrifice, and the Chiefs need to go home, hold on to Snead and make Duffy. And that's my comment. Thanks a lot, C-Dot. No problem, Melvin. I appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot for calling in today. I mean, the Chiefs are at a very interesting point, and I think this is a more unique place than they've been before. A lot of the players that have helped them get to this success, it's money time. And just like any job, if you have been a part of record sales and record profits for your company, the way the Chiefs have, they've had more success than every other team in the league, the people who are most responsible for that now want to be compensated accordingly. And I understand that you play with Patrick Mahomes and the Tom Brady of his era. I get all of that. 
But if you're Chris Jones and you're a Hall of Famer, you want to be compensated for your contribution to this. If you're Legereus Sneed and you went up against every number one wide receiver in the league and you stood tall, now when it's money time, I want some of that money to come to me as well. I always say I am all for the business side of football, but we have to allow the business side of football to also work for the players the way that it does for the organization. And I get it. Your loyalty is to the team and not to the individual players. But if you've been a guy like Snead who has performed at a high level and has done everything right, I do think you owe it to yourself or I think it's fair hey, I'm interested in coming back, but you're going to allow me to go talk to Atlanta and Philadelphia and these other teams and see if there's a better offer out there for me. I understand why he's taking that position. Earlier today, we had Brett Veach on the show. We'll play some of that for you. Nate Taylor was on the show. We'll play some of that for you as well. And we're talking about the top story. Uh, top story. Legereus Need is going to be franchise tagged. What does that mean for the organization? Keep it right here. It's the drive. All right, we got breaking news in the National Football League, and you know what? The breaking news affects your Kansas City Chiefs. From Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, the Kansas City Chiefs have informed Legereus Need. They are prepared to use the franchise tag and are open to a long-term deal being had. But they are also open to trading Legereus Need if they can't reach one. Need is agreeable to this giving him a chance to talk to other teams while returning to the Chiefs remains in play. So, Rob, let's start here because you and I are on different sides, and congratulations on getting through your 9-5. to five. Let's start here since you and I are on, dip- on different sides. This sounds to me a lot like what happened with Tyreek Hill. If you remember, the Chiefs and Tyreek Hill were discussing and working towards a long-term deal. I believe that the Chiefs offered Tyreek Hill a contract of around $100 million. I believe that Tyreek Hill took that deal and thought about it, and then a bigger deal came up, and we saw that Devontae Adams had gotten paid. I then think that changed the course of the negotiations. I think that the deal that the Chiefs and Tyreek Hill were working on was not enough anymore for Tyreek Hill's liking, and then he was faced with the decision. I can take this $25 million deal or I can try to do better than what Devontae Adams got and I can try to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. We obviously know how this story ends. I believe then at that moment, Tyree, I want to be paid wide receiver in the league. I think the Chiefs had a strong disagreement with Tyree Kill on that and they allowed him the opportunity to go out and talk to other teams and find out who would pay him that amount of money. There were two teams that were willing to do that. It was the Jets and the Dolphins, and Tyreek Hill chose to go to the Dolphins. So the Chiefs and the Dolphins then began to negotiate a trade. They then traded Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. The Dolphins signed him to the deal. All parties won. That's what I think they just did with Legereus Need. If you were asking me, I believe that the Chiefs have offered Legereus Need a deal. The deal is obviously not what Sneed wants. He has told you, I want to get paid. I think they probably offered him a good deal, but it's probably not what he and his agent have in mind. I think the Chiefs have now given the young man a choice. On one hand, you can take our deal, you can make a significant raise over what you were making before, and you can continue to be part of this organization. Or you can make more money, you can go play for the Atlanta Falcons, and we can trade you. 
And you can roll the dice and you can see what happens. But this is the way that we negotiate deals. This is the way that we do business here in the Kansas City Chiefs organization, which I have to say is at least consistent. The Chiefs have made just about everybody. If you want to play for the Chiefs, you better be willing to take a 10 to 15% pay cut, so to speak. You better be willing to take 10 to 15% less than what the market says that you're worth because that's how we keep the, keep this machine going. And if you don't like it, you can go play for another team and eventually our team will beat your team and you might regret on your decision. That's what I think they offer to Legereus Sneed. And if you're Sneed, you are now faced with the decision, the same decision that Tyreek Hill was. Do you want to be the highest paid corner in the NFL or do you want to continue to win? And we will see what he decides. If he decides what I think he's going to decide, which what a lot of NFL players decide, if you are asking me right now what is likely, I think at some point in the next 21 days, Rob will hit a sounder and we will find out from Adam Schefter or Albert Breer or Ian Rappaport that Snead has been traded to another team and they got back a second round pick plus something else in return for Legereus Snead. That is how I think the story ends with him. I think the Legereus Snead story ends with we hit the breaking news sounder, and I'm announcing that the Chiefs trade a second round pick to te- get receive a second round pick, excuse me, from Team X, and Legereus Need is now on that team. I think also today's news, and this for me and you are going to disagree. Today's news signaled to me that sometime before I hit the breaking news sounder on Legereus Need's trade, I'm going to hit the breaking news sounder, and it's going to say Chris Jones agrees to deal with the Chiefs because Diana Rossini earlier today tweeted out that she was corroborating the report from Jeremy Fowler's need, but all said the chiefs and Chris Jones remain active. That was the terminology she used in trying to get a deal done. I think the chiefs are prioritizing Chris Jones. They are letting Sneed test the market. Hey, we want to get you done long-term, but we're going to do that on our terms. Your deal. Number two, if you find a deal better than ours, cool, go be an Atlanta Falcon. We'll make it work with the picks, but we are going to make sure Chris Jones is locked up long-term with the Kansas City Chiefs. We are using this bonus cash we just got from the NFL, this boosted salary cap, to make Chris Jones our top guy. We are willing to pay you near the top of your value, luxurious need, but if you ask for a penny more, you're out, similar to how you said with Tyreek Hill. I think today's news signals that Legereus Sneed is going to be traded from the Chiefs this offseason at some point and that Chris Jones is going to be extended by the Chiefs at some point this offseason. That's how it hit my ear today. I mean, we say at some point this offseason, there really ain't that much time at some point. There's 13 days until free agency. So I think where maybe you and I disagree and where it sounds like, based on these conversations that we've had since this news came out, I just disagree with the most is, I think there is far less time to get these deals done and these conversations to be had than I think the majority of people think that it is. We are 13 days away from the start of the league year. So if you don't have a deal in place with Chris Jones in the next 10 days, he can then legally talk to any team in the National Football League, the legaling Tampa, the legal Tampa period, where a lot of these deals are going to be done. And Rob, you and I both know that Chris Jones is a top-flight free agent. Those guys don't wait two, three weeks into free agency to get a deal done. Guys like Chris Jones sign in the first hour of free agency that your agent leaves Indianapolis with a framework of a deal of a team that you want to go to because 
Everybody is there. Every general manager is there. Every agent that matters is there. This is why you get information like this out about Legereus Need. So maybe I guess our first point of contention or disagreement here is I don't think the Chiefs have the amount of time that you think they have to do this. I don't think they have time to, hey, with Snead now, hey, we're going to let you go talk to other people, and then we'll – you got two weeks to get all of these things done. And if you're just now starting this process with Legereus Snead, you had the entire summer with Chris Jones. You talked to his agent night and day. You guys went back and forth. His agent was at the suite during week one of the season. You were talking to him the entire time. So at least in your scenario, when it comes to Chris Jones – one of two things either happen. Either the Chiefs are finally willing to, I would say, pretty significantly raise their offer on Chris Jones, which is a possibility. Now, it's not something they've done very often, but maybe they are, hey, we think you're Aaron Donald. We're willing to pay you Aaron Donald money, and I imagine Chris Jones will sign that deal. Or Chris Jones is still as firm in his position as he was for the entire offseason, And then that player hits free agency and that player gets offered a deal that he can't refuse that maybe Kansas city didn't offer it, but there is a team right now that is looking at all the salary cap space that they have. And they look at Chris Jones as their version of Frank Clark. Their version is Tyron Matthew. We are a team that's right there. And all we need is an impact defensive player to help get us over the hump so we can get to the super bowl. And you remember how Kansas City valued Frank Clark. You remember how Kansas City valued Tyra Matthew. And that first day of free agency, they hopped on Tyra Matthew and got a deal done. What's stopping another team from trying to add to their roster? And not only does it help them, it also weakens your biggest competition to go get a Super Bowl, which might give you even more reason to put a couple extra dollars on it because you feel like this gives you a better chance to where you're trying to go. I guess where we just disagree is, I think on that first day of free agency, the Chiefs are going to be that team that's going to view him as the difference maker because they've just seen him be the difference maker in back-to-back seasons. He was, what, second on the team in Zacks last year despite playing not all the games? He was the absolute, one of the absolute reasons why the Niners didn't score on the last couple possessions in the, in the overtime. He single-handedly wrecked what would have been a touchdown to Jawan Jennings and single-handedly wrecked another touchdown play earlier in the game. You've seen his game-changing ability. You just got a buoyed cap. If there's any team that benefits from a buoyed cap, it's the Chiefs as much as anyone because they just got cap relief by it going up. I think they view that bonus money as negotiating terms with Chris Jones. I don't think they view it as, hey, we can get three cheap players. I think they view it as, hey, we just got this bonus money. Now we can get closer to Chris Jones' number. Chris Jones seems, or at least publicly, like he wants to play ball and stay. Maybe we can't get to the 33, but we can come to 31, and maybe he'll play at 31. We've been at 27 in the past, but now there's extra cap space, and we can come up to him, and everyone can walk away happy because you've now given Legereus Need a chance to find above market value, and the minute he finds that, you're going to have to trade him the way they did with Tyreek and the way they did with D Ford. And I guess my question to you is, and I think this is a very good question, that do you think the Chiefs are prepared to pay Chris Jones like he is one of the five most valuable non-quarterbacks in the league? Because the contract that you are talking about 
if you think the Chiefs are going to offer him $31 million, and that is a that is a very fair deal, that you know I try to operate like if I'm Chris Jones' agent. If I'm Chris Jones' agent and the Chiefs offer me a deal that is around 30 or $31 million, I would tell my clients to sign that deal. The only non-quarterbacks who have a deal that's better than that is Nick Bosa and Aaron Donald. Do we think Kansas City, with as frugal as they've been when it comes to these kinds of deals, the only person they pay like that is Patrick Mahomes. It's the only one, and understandably so. That is not how Tooney's contract is. That is not how Travis Kelsey's contract is. That's not what we think Trent McDuffie is going to get. There is one player that they pay that way. Do you think they are prepared to give him $123, $124 million? Because the players that get that kind of money, for the most part in the NFL, all play quarterback. So two quick things. One, they do pay Joe Tooney that way. Joe Tooney's getting left tackle money to play left guard. It's funny moneyed up, but they... They are already doing that with it wasn't one of their guys, but they're paying him premium. They're paying him way more than a guard. So that's first and foremost. Secondarily, I believe the Chiefs see Chris Jones as Aaron Donald. They see him as the Patrick Mahomes of the defense. And you just said they paid Patrick Mahomes a top price. I think they view him as the linchpin to the defense, and they are going to be willing to pay him. Maybe not super duper top, but up from their previous offer to keep him in Kansas City because they understand that guy on defense is a difference maker. We can find another luxurious need because time after time after time after time, Brett Veach has turned players we've never heard of in the draft, players you don't hit the breaking news sounder for in free agency or undrafted free agents. He has turned them into viable corners in your system. He has not done that on the defensive line to nearly the same extent. So you said they don't do it for anyone other than Patrick Mahomes. I think they have their defensive Patrick Mahomes and he wears 95. So I want to play this for you earlier today. We had on Nate Taylor, Nate Taylor joined us to break down the breaking news. And we asked him, what did he make of this report that Legereus need is going to get the franchise tag, but the chiefs are open to a tag and trade. Here's Nate Taylor. As I talked to more and more people here in Indianapolis, as meetings were going to happen, as as my understanding today um, is Brett Veach and Chris Shea, uh, who takes over for Brent Tillis in terms of the salary cap and part of the negotiation structure of these things, met with Legereus's agent. It became clear that uh, the franchise tag was likely going to be used. The question then became, well, how would it be used? Would it be used for him to you know, not only prevent him from free agency, but to obviously have him play on that sort of one-year, essentially $20 million deal, or are you using it for what we learned this afternoon, which is either you are using that to start a baseline to refine him to a long-term extension, or you're using it to create leverage to at least get something in return instead of just having him walk in free agency uh, and you receive nothing, uh, obviously because he's now fulfilled his four-year rookie contract. So there will be um, a collection of teams, I believe, who are interested in, in luxurious need uh, just because he does play one of the premier positions and he has built a reputation for being one of the best pure shadow coverage corners in the league. Um, but the Chiefs are still, I believe, motivated to try to see if it's possible uh, to get a, you know, a, a long-term deal done that allows him uh, to be amongst 
as I always say, Carrington, one of the highest paid players at his, not, at his position, not the highest player at his position. So, Nate, I think this is a very important distinction, and we got the time to really go through this because there's a lot of kind of things that permeate off of this. I hear this very similar to what happened to Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs offered Tyreek Hill a contract. It was $25 million. He wanted $30 million, so they were open to trading him. So I hear this news with Sneed, kind of what you just said. Hey, we are happy to have you come back, but we are happy to have you come back at our price. If that's not what you want to sign with, then, hey, if you go get a deal from the Atlanta Falcons, we are happy to talk to the Atlanta Falcons about fair compensation as a trade for you, but we are not going over this amount. So I at least think there is a chance that Sneed comes back but I think if we are playing this thing out realistically and Snead wants to get paid, then he is most likely going to get more money from outside of Kansas City. Right. I, I do think that's where, um, especially with the way, and I always want to remind us, not just the way Brad Veach has operated in his front office, but the way Clark Hunt has operated, right? Clark Hunt um, is comfortable giving close to the top of the market. Unless you Patrick Mahomes, you're not getting at the market or top of the market. So um, if you're Legereus Need in his representation, well, you understand that, right? But at the same time, uh, Legereus has been very upfront about his desire to want to play and continue to play with the Chiefs. The fact that he has the, the role that he's always wanted since he basically proved himself as a starter, as a rookie, which is I'm the number one corner, I cover the number one receiver, and oh, by the way, my abilities lead to us winning. Um, so the Chiefs have done everything right in terms of drafting, developing him. Uh, now it's about does Legereus, as we've always talked before, what are you most concerned with? Is it making the most money or is it making good money? Um, not franchise tag money, of course, because uh, that's basically only on a one-year deal, and that sort of creates a gamble because if you get hurt, obviously, uh, that obviously lowers your value. Uh, when you do become a free agent the following year, or do you want to be someone that makes 17, 18 million a year, 16 million a year, but like your spot on the roster is going to be guaranteed for two, maybe three years. And then obviously you can get the free agency at the age of 30. Uh, Legereus right now at 27. So all these factors come into question. Um, but if a team is willing to give the chiefs a second round pick, I think the Chiefs will listen. I, I still think it's going to be hard for a team to say, we're going to forego our first round pick for Legereus Need. But I do think a second round pick is where the trade discussions could get really interesting. So we just talked about that before you hopped on. So I looked it up. Since 2000, there have only been two corners who have been traded for a first round pick. Jalen Ramsey is one and Darrell Revis is the other. I love Legereus Need. He is not Jalen right. Ramsey. He is also not right. Darrell Revis. But if you're looking at Darius Slay, Darius Slay got mm -hmm. traded for a third and a fifth. If you look at Marcus Peters, he got traded for a second and a fourth and the Chiefs gave up a sixth round pick. That is probably close to what the compensation I think would be for Snead if he does get traded. Yeah, and again, I think the highest you can go is probably a second. You know, uh, I would say somewhere in that top fifty range, right? Um, because uh, the Chiefs don't have a ton of draft picks this year, not compared to uh, the previous years, which I'm sure you guys have talked about too. So, um, because they have, because the Chiefs have Trey McDuffie. Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson, um, and whoever they draft and develop next, potentially, 
they feel like they are still obviously pretty good at that spot. Steve Spagnuolo may not have as many uh, strategic advantages as he did last year because um, you can just sort of set it and forget it with whoever Steve's covering on the outside. Um, but combine that with the idea that you need more draft picks so that you can continue to have, you know, cost control players while you're trying to obviously sustain uh, a level of excellence that is incredibly hard in the NFL. Like, it, 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 I, I understand why the Chiefs are interested in it, even as Brett Veach told us today. Um, you know, the best case scenario is if they're somehow able to retain not only the Jerry Sneed, but Chris Jones. Uh, they're going to have the cap space to re-sign one of them. Uh, again, it becomes really fascinating in how much cap manipulation you can do to get a good chunk of available salary cap to at least retain both of them for the next two seasons. Because I think the best thing for the Chiefs is obviously to resign these guys, but these guys probably want what their market is. Well, the only way you can truly find that out is if you're A, in free agency, which is where Chris is more than likely headed to, at least in, in my opinion, as of, as of where we stand right now, or you kind of get the best idea of what your value is on the trade market, which is where Legere Steve is headed. Let's cut this thing in half, just uh, 50-50 on one side, 50-50 on the other side. Give me the percentage that you think Chris, or excuse me, Legereus Sneed, we'll get to Chris Jones. Give me the percentage that you think Sneed is on the team next year. Give me the percentage that you think he is not on the team next year. I think it's 60-40. I think it's 60-40 that he's, 60 that he's not on the team and 40 that he is. Um, would you allow the player to start talking to other teams in lieu of a potential trade, usually the trade happens. Right now we're talking to Nate Taylor of The Athletic going through this breaking news. If you guys missed it, this news comes courtesy of Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. The Chiefs have informed Legereus Need that they are prepared to use the franchise tag but are open to a trade if a long-term deal is not reached, Snead is agreeable to the scenario, giving him a chance to talk to other teams while Kansas City remains in play. Nate, I think the next question is, after we talk about Snead, is what do you think this information, what do you think this news means for Chris Jones? Well, they're not going to franchise tag him, so that's a good thing. Um, he is that much closer to free agency, right? Um, now, uh, you can take Chris at his word at the parade rally, which is, hey, I'm going to be back next season. Um, but I want to remind people that they should really look at T.J. Watt's contract in contrast to, say, Nick Bosa. He not making Nick Bosa money, or the Chiefs aren't going to offer him Nick Bosa. But can the Chiefs sort of agree to something around $28, 29000000 million when you understand that, like, had they used a franchise tag on him, it would have been around, I believe, 32.16, which is crazy. That's, like, legitimate quarterback money. So, uh, obviously, he's going to be 30, um, but he's still their best defensive player. Everybody knows that. The defense changes significantly without him. Um, so, if you do trade luxuriously, uh, then you better have a deal that you know can get signed. If you're Brett Beach, if you're Chris Shea, uh, Andy Reid, Clark Hunt, like one thing has to happen with the other in hand. Um, what I would consider a disaster is if Legereus, uh is traded and Chris Jones gets to free agency, um, you know, in 
mid-March, you know, doesn't really want to um, sign what has been offered to him by the Chiefs, and then some team is willing to give him 30, $31 million. I don't know if anybody's going to give him $32 million, but you never know. It, it becomes a bidding situation when you're when you're a free agent, and obviously he's got championship pedigree. There's really no pass pressure like him at his position. Uh, so he has plenty of leverage, um, but Chris has always said he wants to play for the Chiefs. He, he's on he's written on record on Twitter that you know he will never play for another franchise. Well, if that's the case, and if the Chiefs want that to happen, you kind of make this move with Legereus, the potential of him being traded, so that you know you have the cap space to take on somebody who is going to make near quarterback money as your top pass rusher, your top leader, and your best player on defense. That was part of our conversation earlier today with Nate Taylor of The Athletic. If you missed the full part of it, I would highly encourage you to go on the website and check it out, 610sports.com, also the Odyssey app, and download the podcast. Really good stuff about Legereus Need. really good stuff about Chris Jones. The Chiefs have a major decision to make, and they have at least made part of the decision. Their plan is to franchise tag Legereus Need. What does that mean for the organization? Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The home of the Royals is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I just want to throw this out there, and I'm not throwing this out there as a way to douse anybody's flame for the offseason, more of just the... I just want at least us to have realistic conversations. If you are including another established NFL player in your trades for luxurious need, that's not going to happen. Again, I'm not here. I, you guys know I love a good hypothetical, but the Chiefs are not trading luxurious need and getting Justin Jefferson in return. They are not trading Legereus Need and getting Kyle Pitts in return. No. If they trade Legereus Need, they will get draft picks. That's it. That's all they'll get. That's it. The Chiefs are not moving up to the ninth overall pick. They might move up to like 25. They are not moving. I'm I'm just here. I'm again, I'm I'm here to give realistic scenarios. And I just, if we're going to talk about a luxurious need trade, and I'm for it. If the Chiefs are talking about luxurious need trades, I am here to talk about it. I just want to point out that they are not getting Kyle Pitts back in a trade. And Rob, you've been seeing the same text line. Some of you got them getting Kyle Pitts plus a first round pick in exchange for luxurious need. That's not happening. That's not what they're getting back. You are going to be very disappointed. If they trade Legereus Need and they take the the sixty first overall pick in exchange, I'm telling you, you're going to be disappointed, and I don't want you to be disappointed. I really don't. That's why I normally try to find historical comparisons. Like since 2000, there have only been two corners who have been traded for first round picks. I think both of them are going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. One of them is already there. I don't think that you're getting a first round pick for Snead. You might can get the 47th overall pick in exchange for luxurious need. And I would say that you came out all right. So I at least want to start the basis of that. If we're going to move forward with trading conversations that that that's not going to happen. I don't know. I've personally enjoyed the 
hilarity of some of these suggestions because they are so just impossible. Like the guy, I'm sitting here looking. I mean, you're seeing it too. Every, oh yeah, everyone. Every trade that has been thrown out here on the text line has them either getting Justin Jefferson or Kyle Pitts in, in, in exchange for Legere. Every single trade. Or a top 10 pick. <laughs> no. Like the, no. I just pulled up my favorite one. The Chiefs should trade Sneed and their trade Sneed and swap picks with the Bears for Cole Komet and the ninth overall pick. They are not getting a top 10 pick and a player for Snead in the 32nd pick. We just have to stop. We have to stop. That's a good one, though. I mean, it's a good one. They're not, they're not walking away with Malik. I will say, honestly, though, if that's what the Bears want to do, I'm for it. If that's what the Bears want to do, I'm here for it. Happily. If- I will happily give them Snead and the 32nd overall pick for a Cole Komet would be one of the best number two tight ends in the league and a top 10 pick. That's great. No, I want that one. I mean this seriously. If that happened in real life, first off, I would give a pizza to the texter who texted it in. Secondarily, Ryan Poles would be investigated for collusion <laughs> immediately. <laughs> they would think, yo, you're helping out your buddy, Brett. No. Okay. Now, they, yeah, you're right. Roger Goodell would David Stern that trade so fast. No, you're right. You're right. It's just funny to me. This guy says, come on, let's discuss my reasonable scenario. Your scenario is also not reasonable. <laughs> like, not reasonable. Every scenario is always the Chiefs, like, getting over on the system. Well, like, what if they say, no, that's not how this works. That's not how this works. This is at least why I maybe, I don't know, feel strongly about it is the correct term, but you get what I'm saying here. I don't think that at least we don't really look at it this way from a football perspective because it is so different than the other sports. Every player in the NBA eventually hits free agency or has a chance to hit free agency at a relatively young age, especially now with how young they are entering the league. Now, you can obviously sign an extension, but the price is the price, right? Like the price is the price. Baseball players. Every baseball player, unless you sign a big-time extension, gets to hit free agency. None of your favorite good NFL players hit free agency. It's not how it works. By the time you hit free agency, you're cooked for the most part. So if you're a guy like Chris Jones, who obviously is not cooked, and you got a chance to be, in my opinion, he would be the best free agent in the market that does not play quarterback. If you got a chance to do that, I just don't know if I'm now in the business of taking a deal. I'm not in the business of taking a deal. If that's the case, the only free agent that I think has more juice than him would be Kirk cousins just because of the position. There is not a wide receiver that I think gets more money than him. By the way, real quick on Cousins. After the injury, are we sure he's got more juice than Jones? He just plays quarterback, and you know That's how fair. it is, right? I mean, I'm with you. I, I could easily make the argument that Jones is one, is my point. Yeah, but I'm just saying is in this, Cousins probably doesn't get like the 4-120, but he might get like two for 70, and, and, and that 70 is fully guaranteed. Like, I could see that being the case for Kirk Cousins, but you're right. In terms of like overall value of the deal, overall value I think Chris Jones is going to sign the biggest contract in free agency and again I also think you have to point out there has there has never been a time 
in which there is a better offseason to be a free agent than this one. This is the biggest the cap has jumped up since 1994. 1994. So just with all of those things, I'm just looking at it through like if I am the employee and I am a highly valuable employee, I'm not super interested in listening to a contract that's going to pay me less than what the market tells me I'm worth. And if you want me to give up that opportunity, you better be coming with a really, really good deal, right? And if your really good deal is them giving you 30 or 31, like 30 or $31 million, then I would say that's a pretty fair contract. Like, if that's what the Chiefs are offering, which is a significant increase over what they were offering, like that is a 20% increase over what they were offering for him. About. It's about that per year. It's a sizable raise. Imagine tomorrow if you got offered a 20% raise at your job. That'd be a pretty decent jump for a lot of people. That's what we are talking about the Chiefs throwing on their contract offer if they're serious about keeping Chris Jones. To go from 27 to $31 million, I know it's like, oh, with... That's a significant amount of money once we get to that point. I think that's what it would take to get this deal done if you were him. I mean, if you were Chris Jones, I just don't know why you would take less than $30 million. And I would say you offering 30 is you you are giving the Chiefs a deal. That is less than what you probably could get on the open market as the number one free agent out there. And are the Chiefs ready to make that level of a financial commitment? Especially when, I mean, if you're as desirable as I think Chris Jones would be, you probably get that third year guaranteed elsewhere and you wouldn't get it from Kansas City. Maybe KC gives you the first two years guaranteed. They give you 50% of the deal guaranteed. You sign with somebody else, they might give you 75%. That's a big difference to an NFL player. I think we're me and you to disagree on the Jones thing. Other than the fact that you have been outspoken that you wouldn't keep him, and I would, is that... I think you keep applying the logic of another team's going to use this bonus cap money they have and just woo the socks off of Chris Jones. The Chiefs just aren't. I think the Chiefs are going to be the team you are discussing. I think they have used the buoyed cap that we just heard last Friday, and they're going to take it, and they are going to get closer to Chris Jones' number, and Chris Jones is going to come to their number. So it's viewed as a hometown deal, which I'm air quoting. I know people can't see. It's not 33, but it's 30.6, 29.9. Both people came equitable in the middle, and the Chiefs give that 75% guarantee that you're talking about. The deal that you keep laying out that you think Jones will find on the open market, I think he will find. I think he will find it from Brett Veach and Clark Hunt. That's where I think the exact deal you think is coming for him is coming from because they understand his value more than anyone. Someone on the text line says, CDOT, but you're forgetting some people want to win like Travis Kelsey. $3 million a year is nothing when you make twenty seven a year. You're right. But we're talking about Chris Jones, the same person who, while under contract, gave up $50,000 a day to not come to work last year. Right? All you had to do was show up to St. Joe. You could have showed up to St. Joe and just randomly started having back spasm last year and didn't practice. That's what TJ Hawkinson did last year. I know we didn't talk about it once a season what happened. TJ Hawkinson said he had an ear infection that he couldn't practice the entire season. They paid him and magically he was an all pro tight end again. 
Chris Jones could have did that and said, no, I don't want to do it. Chris Jones then, there was a million dollars. Hey, just all Chris Jones, Chris Jones didn't even have to play in the Lions game. He could have showed up on the Tuesday before. The Chiefs would have made him inactive. He could have got the million dollars, and he chose not to do it. So all I'm saying is we can keep saying, oh, this $3 million is not a big deal. Chris Jones has shown me time and time again that $3 million is worth a whole lot to him, and he is willing to make tremendous sacrifices to go get that $3 million. That'd be one thing if he showed up every day last year. He didn't show up to the Chiefs until the second week of the season. Think about it. They won the Super Bowl. Think about how long of a time we have from now until week two of the NFL season. Chris Jones was not around the team in a football capacity at any point from now until then. I think that person is really serious about his money. And that's why I'm saying now I I think that $3 million means something. So either the Chiefs are going to give me that $3 million or the Bears are going to give me that $3 million. But, oh, I'm getting my money. I'm getting it. That would be my stance if I'm Chris Jones. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive. Now CDOT's got one extra point. Yo, Tyreek Hill is always in the middle of straight BS. Listen to this, Rob. I just saw this. This is a headline from the Daily Mail. NFL superstar Tyreek Hill broke influencer's leg by charging at her with crushing force after she humiliated him during football practice at his Florida mansion. An influencer, her name is Sophie Hall, she claims that Tyreek Hill broke her leg during a backyard football lesson at his Florida mansion last year. Dailymail.com has obtained the lawsuit that Tyreek Hill, or excuse me, that the young lady, Sophie Hall, brought against Tyreek Hill that says she humiliated Hill when she managed to hold her own. and He retaliated. She is claiming that he invited her over to the crib with some flirty direct messages, and now she is suing him for battery, assault, and negligence. I'm sitting here, and I'm reading the story, and it says that he made her, or he or she humiliated him in a, in a, in a football drill, and he retaliated by rushing at this young woman, knocking her to the ground, and broke her leg. She needed reconstructive surgery and months of physical therapy. And I'm sitting here and I'm I'm watching it. And they got this young lady, she on crutches, hopping around. I'm sitting here and I'm reading the the little article. And it ain't it ain't it ain't looking good for your boy Tyreek Hill. It ain't looking good. He's the epitome. There's always something. Yeah, Chiefs fans. Let me ask y'all this. Let's be. Can we be real, Chiefs fans? You know, I I love you guys. Can we be real here? Do you have a friend that is just always in some nonsense, and you had your boys back on everything, and then for whatever reason y'all fall out, and then you start to like really think about it. You was like, yo, man, 
Jerome wasn't nothing. I can't believe I was hanging out with Jerome because I, I, I was here that summer when y'all was treating Tyreek like he was Nelson Mandela. I was here, and y'all, y'all was riding for Tyreek Hill. Y'all was on Tyreek Hill's side for everything, standing there right with him. And ever since Tyreek Hill has left, I mean, this is, you know how they say, like, money doesn't change you. It makes you more of who you are. I mean, is there any person that embodies that more than Tyreek Hill? He has been in something every month for the last seven months. Like, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here and I'm reading it. This woman says that Tyree Kill flew her out to Florida on June 28th and invited her to hang out at his $7 million mansion. I mean, the mansion do sound kind of nice. I mean, I went to go hang out too. First off, let's pause here. What is Tyree Kill doing inviting an influencer to a state of his house? Like, I know what, kind what of he's question doing. Is that? I know what he's doing. I'm just what saying, what doing? kind of question is that? You're ju- you're just inviting a problem. Have you seen that girl's rump? You're just. <laughs> I know what he. I know what he was inviting her over to the house to do. You're, they was trying to play two hand touch. You're just inviting a problem. it wasn't no problem until he broke her leg. Allegedly, it wasn't no problem. Yo, this scenario was never going to end with happiness. No, hold on, listen to this. Then the defendant, Tyree Kill, invited Miss Hall to participate in offensive drills with him. The defendant told her that since her off or since her 10-year-old son played offensive line, that she should practice that position as well. And he's the expert. Yo, what is up with Tyree Kill? <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm reading this story, and this doesn't make any sense. I mean, my boy, she about to get you for some of this paper. You know she about to get you for some of this paper. The defendant Tyree Kills' aggression towards Miss Hall is consistent with his violent, with his history of violent and aggressive behavior towards women. I mean, my boy, they about to get you. You got all that extra money and can't wait to give it out. Whether it's child support or you out here breaking women's legs, allegedly. I'm just saying, I know why he invited her, but there was no way the outcome of that invite was going to be just happy, good times. Someone said, I'm supposed to believe that a TikToker humiliated a top three receiver in the league. I, I don't know. I'm just telling you that she went over there and she wasn't on crutches and she left in crutches. That's that's her story. That's her, that's her story. And I guess in these stories, I... There always appears to be one common factor, and it's Tyree Kill. Whether, remember, he slapped that dude on the marina that one day, his house burned up. It's it's always something with Tyreek. It got to be stressful to be Tyree Kill. Goodness gracious. Why you break that woman's leg, though, man? Allegedly. <laughs> I'm just sitting here reading it. Like, uh, read this story and tell me that this is not one of the dumbest things you've ever heard. And I'm not even saying I don't believe her. I'm just like, boy, I just, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, we all have skeletons in our closet. We've all done wrong things. Man, ain't nobody accused me of breaking no kid's arm before. Ain't no woman accused me of breaking her leg before. You know what I mean? Like, bro, you keep finding yourself in these situations. It's just just random luck, huh? 
Just random luck. Someone said, where's the video? Influencers record every second of their lives. Okay. All right. I mean, again, I, I, at, at some point, the, the evidence is, the evidence is very damning against Tyree kill. And it's just, it's just all the time. It's nonstop for your boy. He is always in the middle of some nonsense, like legitimate nonsense. I'll never forget. You know what I always think back to that summer? I think back to when his uh, lawyer released those text messages, and it was like the most perfect text messages that have ever been crafted between two people. Remember that? It was like, oh, yeah, we got proof that he didn't do it. And then in the thing, she was like, I did it, me. She said her full government name. She gave her social security number. I committed this crime. You, Tyree Kill, would never like, Paul, come on now. That is not how people text and talk to each other. Stop it. You are not fooling anybody. <laughs> Knock it off. That man Tyreek is just always in some nonsense. <sighs> That woman, uh, I do understand why he invited her over to hang out. I mean, I do understand that. Rob's like, why? I, my boy, did you see? I mean, I know the why. I just don't know why. I also see why he was trying to teach her the offensive line plays, too. Why he was trying to have her bent over like Aaron Donald. Now that I've seen her pictures, I see why that was why he was trying to teach her. You broke her leg, my boy. You're... Tyree Kill is diabolical. He's sick. It's the drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 